0: Cinnamon, Cinnamon bread toast. Munch. munch. Cinnamon Bread
1: Munch? Yep. Ew! <laughs> bread Munch! French Try and
0: tell me that Riverdale wouldn't do something gross like that. Bread Munch? French Toast Munch. French oh, it toast probably would be munch. French Toast something. Bread Munch? Bread Munch! It makes me want to pass away. It's a, <laughs> it's a special version. It's where they don't toast any of it, so you just get raw dough. Gross. Go to jail, Brittany. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding heroes feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can <laughs> follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffery pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is talking a little bit about like your family dog or like the dogs that you grew up with. Yeah. Hey guys, just a heads up, we talk for like 13 minutes about dogs. (laughs) If you guys are like, ah, get to the Riverdale, I get it. Um, Feel free to skip. I'm going to put in the description um, the timestamp when we start talking about Riverdale. So feel free to skip if you want to. If you want to hear about dogs, uh, then feel free to listen on. Um, I appreciate you guys and I love you. Thank you. Bye. So my parents had a dog before I was born named Coach, Um, and then coach got in an accident and passed away. And so they got like a, another dog that was from like the same family. It was probably like maybe coach's nephew or something like that really. Mm -hmm. Um, and his name was assistant coach. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was my first dog. Uh, I had an AC until I was like eight or nine, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that, from when I was, 10 until college, I had a dog named Dash. Yeah. No, Dash. Little da- Dash, was what's his name? And, um, he was my little special boy. Uh, <laughs> and I do have an announcement. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if you haven't been listening to our other podcasts, because I've definitely mentioned it on the other podcasts that I don't even know, maybe I've also mentioned it on this one, Who's to Even Say? But it's so close now. But by the time this episode comes out mm-hmm. on Monday, I will have another dog. Yay! <laughs> so there will be a small little baby boy around here as well. Fam, Fam gets a dog, Just, except it's Robin. But I think I its all of it us. As yeah, Robin all of us is his mom. Dog. Robin is his mama. But we're—we all get the dog. Yes. It's a family. I get to pet a dog every single day now. Yeah, <gasps> I love our cat. <sighs> delight, but they are not dogs. He's very small. He is a Yorkie Poo. I I want to say that he is a purebred Yorkie Poo because he's like his mom was a Yorkie and his dad was a poodle, which mean which makes him like a purebred Yorkie Poo. But I think like purebred plus also mixed breed is also kind of a whatever. Like, like a, it doesn't make sense, but that's what he is, and his name is Daly. And you can follow him on Instagram, at the Daily Pickle, if you want. Um, it is at the, and then D-A-L-E-Y, Pickle, because um, his name's Daily, but his nickname's Pickle, and so we call him Pickle. Is it confusing? Yes. Does it make perfect sense to us? Also, yes. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Basically, his legal name is Daily, and we're going to call him that if he's a bad boy. But but if he's a that, good boy, we're going to call right, him like, oh, Mr. Pick's, as his name. Mr. So. Pick's. That's my that's my announcement in regards to dogs. But basically AC, Dash and Pickle all are very similar types of dogs because that's just what you like. That's Ooh. the life I lead. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31 year old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And um, I've had dogs my entire life. My mom adopted two dogs when she was in college named Mushroom and Vino. Mushroom was this huge fluffy black dog and Vino was very little. And they named her Vino because um, bitch really liked to drink wine. She would, like, knock wine glasses over to drink the wine. Don't know why. And Mushroom was really good with babies. So, like, I would be in the Jolly Jumper and he would walk by and let me pull his fur and then, like, fling myself on the Jolly Jumper. (laughs) and Like, bounce back and forth. I'm sure it wasn't safe, but I sure did do it. That sounds delightful, though. Yeah. And then, um, Vino we actually had for a really long time. She lived to, uh, age 17. So we had her... Until we moved to Spokane. And then she eventually just... She was very, very old. And so she passed away and we adopted our dog, Emily, in Spokane and brought her back. And she decided that she liked our pop better than she liked us. (laughs) And she left to go live with our pop. (laughs) So we adopted Sophie and then we got Quinn and... uh. Robin loves Quinn because her head is as big as a dinosaur. That is a gigantic dog. Yeah, she's- yes. dog is huge. She's, I love- um, She's the size mm-hmm. of a small pony. She, yeah. what, she's a mix of uh, Great Pyrenees and a uh, sheep dog. Mm-hmm. So she's freaking gigantic. Yeah, I've only lived with small dogs. So like, I like hanging out with you guys' dogs sometimes, mm-hmm. but I could never live with a dog that size. See, I've only yeah. ever had yeah. huge dogs. Mm-hmm. So like this will be fun for you. Yeah, Vino <laughs> was the smallest dog we had. Mm -hmm. and then like emily was just a little bit shorter than sophie and you saw how big sophie was because she was mixed with a great dane Mm -hmm. and a golden retriever and then uh we got Lily, and that's my sister's dog and um i'm more of a cat person so i've had kobe uh since 2008 nice but i think that's all of our family's dogs other than emmy but she belongs to um my pop and my pop named her emmy as tribute to emily who was his favorite dog Mm -hmm. nice and my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28 year old television critic. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. When I was like super, super, super little, my parents had a blonde lab named Montana. That's a cute name for a puppy. Yeah, I can't really remember her because I think that she died before I was like two, but she was yeah, there. they have pictures of her and she was very pretty. And then when I was a kid, I don't know like what age I was, until like well into my teens we had angel and she was a black lab That's and a really cute name uh I loved her a lot. Like, we, we probably got her when I was, like, four or five, actually. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, I still had that um, those little cars that you can get in, but you drive it with your, like, you move it with your... Oh, yeah of, course, yeah. of course, of course, of yeah. course. Like, the red and yellow mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. So I had one of those, and she would follow me around and, like, eat snacks out of the back of it. Oh! And she was the best dog. She lived, like, we had, like, a, her little house in the garage and, like, her, like a hand-built tray for her food and um we'd come out and feed her and they were like big scoops of food and then after dinner we would like you know how when you don't have a dog you scrape the leftovers into the trash but when when you have have a dog dog. you take your plate out into the garage and you slide all of the food into the bowl and she just loves it when Lindsay and I lived in Spokane we wouldn't rinse the dishes Emily would lick the dishes clean yeah oh my god I forgot about (laughs) Jesse. We had a lot of dogs. Anyway, keep going. But yeah, uh, Angel was the best and um, she got hit by a car when I was, Mm. when we were at the beach. I Sorry, love. And um, it was really sad and then we never got another dog because my dad really loved that dog and that was like one of the only times I've seen him cry. Mm. Justice for Jessie. Uh, Sorry for forgetting (laughs) Jessie. Talk about her. She was a German Shepherd. And ooh, this is important. When you get a dog, make sure that they have a special surgery that their tummies can't flip, especially in German Shepherds. Mm. Because that's how Jessie died. She ate oh, too no. fast and her tummy flipped like and closed both ends. <gasps> oh, so, oh no. Got you got like it, me. like it got like a like a the organs split. literally Ugh. Yeah. Oh so, that's sad. They usually have preventative things for big dogs because they're mm-hmm. like big dogs are just like built bizarrely. So if you're doing that, make sure that your breed is not susceptible to tummy flipping. Similar to Robin only ever having the same kind of dog her whole life. I've only ever had labs. Yeah. And um so Eventually, when we, like, have the space for a medium-sized dog, I want a chocolate lab so bad. I've only ever had mutts, like, mixes of everything, so, like, I don't care. I love every dog. I think chocolate labs are so cute. I also have a stuffed animal, and it's, like, the only one I've ever kept. his name is Chocolate. And its name is Chocolate, and it looks like that, and I'm like, I want one. (laughs) You can have that. You can have a puppy. Yeah, um, I think AC's problem was that we didn't walk him enough, and so he got- um, like, too large, and so, like, getting, oh, he, like, fat. hurt his leg by, oh, like, no. getting off the couch, um, and then he, at that point, was, like, too old to really have, like, the surgery, and then Dash only lived until 10, and I'm still mad about it, because dogs are, like, that's supposed to be, like, like, the, is it the average, like, 12 or something, you know? Like least, a, yeah. it depends on ha- the size of the dog. Yeah, like, I mean, I dogs pissed, small dogs can live eat. a very long time. Exactly, that's why I was mad. Dash passed away because, like, His heart had gotten enlarged. Yeah. So it was like his heart was too big. And that's why he died. Ugh. He and the Grinch really relate to each other. But we so we are going to be walking Pickle's little butt off. Yeah. The yeah. problem is that he is so small. He has very small legs. And so he does not like to walk because it is very hard for him. He does <laughs> not have very big legs. Well, he um, is so small that we could tough. play fetch in the kitchen and yeah. it would be like he was running a football field. Exactly. Uh, that's tough for him. He's going to be going on his walkies. It's just, it's going to be crazy because, uh, like the amount of time that we had between AC and Dash was like a couple years, maybe. Um, and dash passed away in 2015 so it's been like six years yeah. since i've had a dog so i waited when my cat was oh my god i forgot about another one of our dogs garbage this garbage truck in the back is like <laughs> how dare you smashes a million bottles like we had a three-legged dog named max mm-hmm. and i he hated that dog it ki- like he killed my cat um lola who my sister wound up using as a name for her baby which i think is really funny and cute but lola was my baby and then i didn't get another cat until kobe to bear and like lola died when i was in like grade 10 mm. so yeah and then i got that horrible little man yeah and he's <laughs> terrible he's awful i don't know like uh, he had sometimes to- he's so terrible that i'm like Are Are you you worth it? I'm just like, I really like him when he's nice. But at this point, do the good... Does the good outweigh the bad? Because you're really (laughs) bad. You're a terrible cat. (laughs) You're bad boy. (laughs) Like, we forgive him every time because he looks up at you with these little big baby eyes. And Please, I didn't mean to poop on the carpet three days in a row. And, like, he comes and he snuggles you. And, like, this morning he gave me the best snuggles in the world. He was like, I curl up with mommy and not be annoying. And yet, hours later... Ten minutes after I put this rug back down from getting it out of the dryer, from the last time he pooped on it, he poops on it. <laughs> so and it's like, before you say anything, he's not sick. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just He's me. just a dick. He's terrible. He's and awful, and he doesn't care. He has no regrets, and he doesn't feel bad about anything. He's the horrible. Problem, the problem with Kobe is that he's too smart, so he just, yeah. he's just like, mm, whatever. He's terrible. He's terrible. I love him. Anyway, now that we're like 15 minutes into recording, <laughs> oops, sorry. Um, and we've been bummers because we've been talking about dogs that die. I mean, that's what happened in the episode. They killed Vegas. It, is, it killed true, like two it. dogs, kinda. Kinda. Um dog and a half. Yeah, a dog and a half. They're like, talk about Riverdale. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Today we have word to say about episode 513 of Riverdale Reservoir Dogs. So, Reservoir Dogs is a 1992 American crime film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, in his feature-length debut, it tells the story of diamond thieves uh, whose planned heist of a jewelry store goes terribly wrong. The film depicts the events before and after, but not during the heist. It incorporates many motifs that have become Tarantino's hallmarks. Violent crime, pop culture references, profanity, and non-linear storytelling. I have I've have not seen this film, but I really love non-linear storytelling. sure. I also do. And pop culture references. So, for thoughts from listeners, you guys... I have the thrilling conclusion to the Blanket (laughs) Juice saga. Yes! (laughs) The thrilling conclusion. So, as you guys may remember, in our trailer podcast, we talked about an Instagram user at Blanket Juice. Okay? Yes. Then we asked a couple questions about this. Two episodes ago, she got back to us, and she said, like, why she was called Blanket Juice. Blanket Juice. Mm Mm-hmm. Then last episode, she explained that Blanket Juice was the name of her sleep paralysis demon. Which I find to be hysterical. And we had more questions about that. Yeah. And so as the thrilling conclusion of the Blanket Juice saga... I'm so excited. The name Blanket Juice is, in fact, the name of her sleep paralysis demon. Yeah! Okay. Although, she said, a blanket covered in juice is genuinely more frightening. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, then you're all wet. Now we finally know. (laughs) I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you for yeah. thank you for contributing, Blanket Juice, of course. <laughs> so now we're going to do Toot or Boot uh, for this episode. Uh, if you're just joining us <laughs> for the first time, you're like, wow, it's no, been you're a like, cool wow, 15 you guys minutes. Suck! <laughs> and you haven't talked about Riverdale at all. Get to the point. <laughs> toot is good. Boot is bad. That's the main thing you need to know. I am going to give this episode a toot. I really liked it when I watched it. And then when I did my rewatch while I was doing my notes, I liked it even more. Yeah. So I am certainly going to give this episode a toot. I would say it's even, to be honest, on the higher spectrum of toots for many of the other toots that I have given for this show. I would completely agree with that. I'm also going to give it a toot. It felt like one of those classic Classic, Riverdale episodes that I really, really enjoy. I didn't have major problems with the three main storylines. I quite enjoyed all three of them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Kevin and Cheryl was so ridiculous that I was just like, well, this might as well happen. like, as long as it's not the tickling thing. Whatever. Oh my god, the tickling thing. But like, everything with Betty, Veronica, and Archie, astronomically good. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I'm also gonna give it a toot. I wasn't like I didn't stand it as much, mm. but like, like I still not, liked it. Yeah, it's not what I'm gonna rewatch over and over and again. Right. Like no. no. going on club. like the list, but, but like, like <sighs> for Riverdale, the bar is: was I entertained? Yes, exactly. I was. Exactly, mm-hmm. that is exactly the bar. I simply am here to have a good time, and I did. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. which I can't always say. Yeah, no. So I'm pleased to I, I'm pleased to feel that way. Um. So this episode we have four different storylines. Um. Cheryl and Kevin, Veronica and Reggie, Archie and Eric, and and Uncle Frank. Um. And then Betty and Tabitha. So we are going to start with uh, Cheryl and Kevin. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> if we we're might. gonna start with the worst storyline, <laughs> then we get it over with. We, we get to talk about stuff that we want to talk about. So I did the summary for the Cheryl and Kevin storyline. Okay, you okay. can. <clears throat> Cheryl walks around a forest at night, which just isn't safe, and sees a secret spooky Kevin, who is back to cruising in the woods. The next day at school, Cheryl asks him about it and tells him to come to her family's ministry for healing. Kevin shows up, but he is not into it, and he leaves. Cheryl tells him to start fixing his life. Kevin goes to talk to Fangs, but he's hanging out and apparently actively dating Moose now. (laughs) Plot twist. They help Betty out with her plan at the White Worm, but we'll talk about that later. Kevin receives the Teacher of the Year award and remembers all the things he wanted to do in life that weren't teaching in Riverdale. <laughs> Kevin goes back to the church and fully drinks the Kool-Aid, singing a Jesus Christ Superstar song with Cheryl. He goes to Fangs again, and they say that they're going to stay friends. That's sure. It. Yeah. Y- it sure was a storyline. It, it it aired. Honestly, while I was watching it again, I found, like, a few actual interesting things to talk about all right about it so first of all we have little red riding cheryl cheryl always wears red and therefore she always kind of looks a little bit like little red riding hood but especially now but like why was she in the woods so in the next scene she says that she was looking for inspiration for her next sermon and i'm like girl but it's unsafe (laughs) yeah but why don't you know people are getting snatched do that during the day why you have to be a knight? I'm like, but a lot is going on with those woods. Like, if that was the blossom-like woods, I'm like, it is, I believe. Yeah. Okay, right. So, does Hiram also want to look? Yeah, but it's also, he always goes cruising in Fox Forest. Oh, yeah. So, is yeah. it Fox Forest? Did you drive to Fox Forest to walk through the woods when you know that there are creepy people in there? Kevin, download Grinder. Yeah. Yeah, truly. But I feel like there was a. Did they have a name for it? I feel yeah, like they it, probably said I can't remember weird. what it was. Yeah, However, you just gave me another smart, smart thought to talk about in this storyline, mm-hmm. okay. is that she said she was looking for inspiration for her next sermon, she finds Kevin, and then in, like, at the end of the episode when she's doing her sermon, it's literally about Kevin. So yep. she did yep. it. She found inspiration for her next sermon, and it She was sure next. did. Mm-hmm. So Kevin's in there cruising again, he's running away, she says, compulsion, thy name is Ken- Kevin of Finland, um, which I believe is a Hamlet reference to the to the line frailty thy name is woman oh okay all right um so the next day she goes to kevin at school and he's like i stopped cruising for a while but not anymore because she's like didn't you get jumped at a spa (laughs) like
1: (laughs) didn't you literally get the
0: crap beaten out of you uh yeah but she's like okay you need meaning and you need peace and he's like no i just wanted to boink (laughs) (laughs) i mean it could be as simple as that to be honest And so Cheryl asks him to come to the church, and he's like, uh, sounds like a blossom scam, therefore no. And she's like, well, I'm not scamming, but my mom, I can't speak for my mom, but I'm not scamming. And I'm like, your mom's definitely scamming. Mom, oh, yeah. That was- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Penelope did- is here for the paycheck. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was uh, almost textual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the first episode of this, like, of 5B, she said, ever since she started doing this with her mom, this is the best that she has felt since the key party. Um, and we were like, oh, did she feel like particularly good at the key party? But I realized it's because that's when Tony told her that she was like, so out of whatever was going on with Cheryl. That yeah. like, it's not that she felt particularly good at the key party, it's that like she has felt bad ever since. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So Kevin's like, sure, whatever, I'll come to see one. So we go there. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty much just making our way through, because that's what this yeah, uh, yeah it's lines. just b to b It's not really substantial. Yeah. So Nana Rose is playing the organ, which I love. Didn't know Nana Rose could play. Very the funny Nana, touch, but yeah. I love it. Um, Cheryl and Penelope are singing a hymn. We were under the impression after the one episode that we've gotten about this, I don't know why, that we thought this was our, like, like, our, it's own religion? Yeah, I thought it was, like, a made-up church. Like, because, well, yeah, because, uh, like, I thought Jason was, like, the deity or whatever. Yeah! You know? Um, but it turns out it's just Christianity as far as we can understand? It's just real church, which I'm extremely bored by. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, it's weird. It's, like, a weird commentary on, mm-hmm. like, prosperity ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, it's bad. <laughs> Especially because it's just interesting because Cheryl continues to give such good advice for the whole episode. She's like so wise and everything, and I'm like, yeah. Is this a huh? Like, know. like it's just strange because like I feel like Riverdale is trying to make a commentary on like the negativity and like hypocrisy of prosperity ministry, which is like when you become a preacher to get the money. It's Joel Osteen, yeah. And but at the same time, like. It's just, I don't know. Cheryl just never makes sense because she's losing her mind. But also she is saying really nice, good Mm -hmm. things. But also, like, she's worshipping because Jason's ghost came to her in a cardinal. And I'm like, oh, just... I completely agree because it's like they're they're framing it as a cult. You know, they're saying Penelope is doing this with bad intentions, Mm -hmm, and therefore it's mm -hmm. a bad thing. But then they're giving Cheryl all of these like good things about like good things to to add to her character, which are great. But it's just really confusing. It feels like we're getting mixed signals about if this is good or bad. But I mean, I guess that also makes sense with like actual religion, religion and Christianity, because like a lot of people misuse it and Mm -hmm. like twist it and, like, it's bad, right. but then a lot of people also, like, get a lot of good out of it, and, like, do good works from it. I just think it's weird that the gay characters are doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be- I mean, s- Gay people some- can go to church. What I'm <laughs> saying is that I think there has to be some commentary on the role that the church played in oppressing gay people. Like, they, that someone has to say something about that. I see what you mean, that it's it's interesting that it's two- that it's two gay people mm-hmm. now. I think what we need is we not that I want this, but we need a third person. And if the third person is also gay, then, then I have I'm more like, questions. You know? Yeah, exactly. Because two is a two is just hanging out. Three's a pattern. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so what's going on there? So yeah, Kevin's not into it and leaves, which I honestly relate to. I feel very grateful that my my dad never really uh, like had a religion, but my mom's family is Christian. I know that there are lots of different types of Christianity, and so I don't remember if we have like a specific one that we are personally or that, that our family is. There's different flavors. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, I was raised Methodist. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. what <laughs> I don't know. I went to a Moravian church, but I went to a Jesuit mm-hmm. Catholic school. Yikes. I do not know. what my family is. <laughs> The current hope uh. is a Jesuit. Okay. My, like my grandma and my mom still go to church mm-hmm. and like there's crosses and pictures of Jesus up in their house and everything okay but I am so grateful that my family like took me to Sunday school like they had me go in Sunday school and then once I grew out of Sunday school then it was like I have to be in the actual like pews and then it was like do you want to do this and I was like no and so then I didn't have to go you know jealous I know well I'm so grateful that that happened because you know John Mulaney says it's an hour it's the longest hour of your life if you're forced to be there. So I guess I'm just like, I, I relate to Kevin being like, okay, well, you know, I was like, do, is there a Sunday school? <laughs> Aw, that would be cute. <laughs> I had fun in Sunday school, to be honest, mm-hmm. you know? But then once it was kind of just like sitting and listening, then I wasn't as into it anymore. You know? Yeah. I was like 10, so I was like, I'm not doing this. So- we did we did, uh, we did both, because mm-hmm. Sunday school started at 10, and then the service was at 11. mm well, what did your family do until until 11? They just dropped you off? No, they had Sunday school for every age group. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, like, my mom was with her age group. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We had Sunday school, but I didn't go to Sunday school because the person who led Sunday school creeped me out. Mm. So, I would sit with my Nana and my sister, and she would give us pens, and we would just draw on the programs. <laughs> um... <laughs> I hated going to church because like it was two days that I got of the weekend Mm -hmm. and I had to spend from 9 a.m. till like 1 with my Nana at church. Mm -hmm. Did not enjoy it at all. And then I had to go to Catholic school. So all in all, just not a lot of good feelings about Mm -hmm. church in my family. I think it's also interesting that um, Cheryl, I just thought of this. I think it's also interesting that Cheryl is going so all in on this Christianity thing when she went to conversion therapy with a bunch of nuns. Yeah. yeah. That's why nothing nothing about Cheryl's Storylines have made sense for, like, the past four seasons. So they, anyway. They also, like, super don't, like, care about continuity with yes. her. Yeah. So Kevin, like I said, is not into it. He goes away. Um, but we do get a pamphlet, and we thought, hey, oh, man, just tell us the name of the ministry. We just want to know what the name is. There's a pamphlet that says what the name <laughs> of it is, which is Our Lady of Perpetual Maple. I mean, I feel like we saw that coming. <sighs> I'm just upset about it because, like... It's a horrible. It's, it's like... So, the main thing is Our Lady of Perpetual help, which is the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. And then I know another Our Lady of Perpetual. But both help and this other thing which I'm about to talk to are both kind of like feelings or like concepts rather than like a noun. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm like, come on, we couldn't think of anything more creative than maple. Come on, what do you know about the blossoms other than maple? Nothing? Nothing. You know, I just think that the our idea, red. <laughs> I just think that our idea of like the crimson church or the scarlet church or something is, yeah. like, more interesting than that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So when I heard Our Lady of Perpetual Maple, I thought this must be about Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow, right? That's, that's what the I thing thought as well. Head. Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow, right? The, that's I exactly what I thought. But that that was a real thing and that that wasn't just coming from Our Lady of Perpetual Help. That's the name of the school that Maddie and London go to in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That's all it is? I looked it up and that's all I could find. <gasps> what? Wait, why did you know that? Because that's all it was, like, that's what I, I thought that was a thing. I thought I I mean, it was like, you looked it genuine... up too, but I think what I was, uh, maybe I was just specifically looking for, I don't know, but every maybe time your, I did it, all maybe I Maybe your find... Google Analytics are geared towards results from. Honestly, that could also be true. Yeah. But like, my brain immediately was Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow, thinking like, oh, is that the Church and Dairy Girls or something? No. The Church and Dairy Girls? <laughs> Seems like that has something to do with something too. Either way, I was like, "Wow, this is just about Sweet Life's Zack and Cody." <clears throat> Anything, honey? It looks like it's in it's a it's used in lots of TV shows. Oh, oh, I see. So it's like a reference to a bunch of stuff. Uh, because it look it says it's used in like Shit's Creek and that hmm. '70s show as well. Like Our Lady of Sorrows is a thing. Okay, and our I, when I looked up Our Lady of Perpetual, yeah. then I got Our Lady of Perpetual Help, which is the Virgin Mary. Yes. Weird, and I'm like sorrow sounds way better. <laughs> it's just because like, I feel like it's been ingrained yeah. in our brains from like th- being mentioned on yes, television shows. Exactly, that's um, so strange. I know. So. The next day, Cheryl's like, hey, I noticed that you freaking left. And Kevin's like, no offense, but your thing like wasn't my thing. And Cheryl's like, okay, that's fine, but you still need my help. In this scene, I noticed that Cheryl is wearing a ring on her left ring finger. I don't think this will come back, but I did notice that. Yeah, interesting. What happened to her girlfriend, by the way? She's still around. She kissed her two episodes ago. Okay. So she's like, this is what you need to do. You need to fix what happened between you and Fangs. And Kevin's like, what I did to Fangs is the worst thing that I have ever done. And I'm like, I agree. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. That plot sucked. Correct. And so she's like, oh, we're both haunted by regret. So you should go to him and fix this because even if he responds poorly, you'll at least feel better about it. Yeah, you'll at least have done something. Great. I mean, yeah, like it's pretty good advice. I'm just like, is this leading to Shoni? Please let this. I lead don't to- know. I want Cheryl to be stable so that she can actually like be part of Shoni. But now I'm like, should I just give up on that? Well, now that there's like a baby as well, I'm just like, we can't be having like people who pour blood all over themselves around. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so like that, it could be good in that like Cheryl is finally figuring her yeah. brain out. Oh, if that's like. True. If she actually is, because, like, mm-hmm. she yeah. helped Kevin, Seems like, pretty good mm-hmm, do actual good things this episode. So. She was, like, her character seemed pretty sane, mm-hmm. one yeah. might say, this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes to their old house, um, where Fangs and Tony are still living, I presume. And he's like, I need to talk to you. And Fangs is like, yes, I totally want to hear you out, but right now is a really bad time. I'm busy right now. Yeah. And Kevin's like, well, I have to say it now or I won't ever say it. And just I mean, barge, and barge in. into the house. I'm like, Ke- Kevin, the minute you did that, you forfeited any yeah. rights to feel anything like, about anything. you absolute ding dong, did you not see the candles? Right, right. And turns out Fangs is dating a Moose, who looks like Jesus Moose, because he's got his hair all long. It's so cute. And I love cute. it. I love it. I think, like, you know. But also, f- he looks similar to Fangs. Right, I'm just, yeah, And guys guys I was like, I'm like all, all gays look alike All gays just date their part of themselves <laughs> Right, and it's, but it's realistic too Because you know that like the friend groups of all the gays mm-hmm. Like all the gays just date each other And that's just yep. how Literally, that really That's what Sam and I said when we watched We were like, this is so messy I was messy. like, well, that's accurate <laughs> This is gay culture <laughs> I know that it's necessary to put like the guest starings Up at the front of the thing or whatever mm-hmm. But when you're weird like me and you know all the actor names I saw it coming, sorry that's <laughs> You know? That sucks, because we had such a nice surprise when it happened. We were like, ah, and then we were like, this is messy. (laughs) So they try to lie and just say that they're hanging out, um, but he's like, um, I need to go figure my life out because my ex-boyfriends are sleeping together. And I'm like, I don't know why I didn't see this coming. You You know how you just hang out with your bros and there's like so many candles around? Yeah. Yeah. I love this for Fangs, but I also, um, I would love for us to bring back up his bisexuality as well, mm-hmm. um, so, like, because he only really dated Midge, um, and then we've only seen him date men since then, and so, Well, um, do we know, oh, yeah, we, it- I was gonna say, well, do we know he's not the one that got Tony pregnant? But we do. Yeah, I think. It could be I wish they had that- made it that they wanted to have a baby, and <laughs> they had a, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if sort of the implication here was that Midge was the last woman he dated and he's gay. Oh, sure. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's maybe, also maybe, fair. Yeah. Okay, maybe yeah. Because of the trauma. He's like, last time I dated a woman, she got murdered that night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <gasps> what? 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 Moose was dating Midge and Fangs was the one who che- she cheated on him with. And now Fangs and Moose are dating. Wait. Well. Oh, I didn't think about how weird that That was. That is, no, it's funny. That's so funny. Kevin's just standing there like, like, (laughs) is like, in the afterlife, like, what's happening here? Honestly, though, like, with things, I think you could go either way with it. Like, Mm -hmm. he could still be bisexual, which is totally valid, and he could also realize that he's gay now, which is totally valid. Yeah. He could still be bisexual and just have a preference for men, because I'm bisexual and I have a preference for women. That's Mm -hmm. exactly it. Yeah. Okay, sure. You're so smart, baby. Thank you. So, I think last season we had Moose as well. I like how Moose just shows up every season. Um, just like, he like, hey guys. They, like, told him to, like, run away, right? Because he was going to get murdered. Yeah, harder. where did he go? I don't know, but it's been seven years, so he is back. I would <laughs> like to know the details. I'm sus- I'm just going to suspect that the Riverdale writers already forgot that happened. With that hair, I'm saying he went to California. Well, didn't he? Yeah. You know what? He said he was going to California because he said, like, his aunt was there because mm-hmm. Cody Kearsley was, like, was booked on a show that was that was taking place in California. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? He was taking he was booked on a show that was taking place in California and he specifically said what town he was going to and it was where that new show that's was That's so set. funny. That's actually really thoughtful of the yeah. writer. It was really sweet. I'm like, what happened to that show? I remember us reading about it and us being like, that's so interesting. I'm going to watch that. What was that show called? Uh we can go on IMDb and find okay. it, but um my next question is where's Tony? I know that Vanessa is like on maternity leave at this point and so is Tony basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like this is their house. So where did she um, and take their baby. <laughs> I love when CW writers do this. And yeah. it's very specifically only CW writers who mm. do this. When a character's missing, they just ignore that they're missing. Well, again. is the baby born yet oh, in canon? I know that Vanessa's, like, Vanessa's is baby born. is definitely born by at this point. I think uh, I got confused because um in the trailer we saw the baby born, but that's like Episodes from now, potentially. Yeah. So I'm thinking that Tony is probably on bed rest. Right. Oh, so she's just in the other room. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, if you guys like. She's like, I got my headphones on. Yeah, if you guys get weird, can you at least just try and keep it down? I love that Moose is just like, hi, I'm going to date you, Fangs. I understand you're a father now, and I'm still going to date you. (laughs) That's kind (laughs) of wholesome. You know what? A family can be two guys who once shared a girlfriend and then another woman who is also gay, who has a baby, and we don't know who the father is, okay? Honestly, it's fine. what a fun mixed family. Yeah! Mm-hmm. So we were like, what is Fangs and Moose's uh, ship name? Oh yeah, because this was bad. When when they were both shipped with Kevin, we just took the K off Kevin, mm-hmm. and so it was Kangs or Koos. Um but now what it's do so you do with Fangs and Moose, and so we decided we're gonna just call them Foosball. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny. Foos. Fo- yeah, because it's like Foos, and I was like... Foosball. I literally, this is the thought process that went in my head. Foos. Foos. Foosball. Nice. Yeah. And then I said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I don't, I don't got anything better than that. Yeah. So Kevin goes and tells Cheryl about it. And Cheryl's like, you didn't do anything wrong. You totally did the right thing. And that's good. Um, and Kevin's like, okay, well, I still feel bad and sad. So what am I supposed to do about that? And she's like, when you're sad, maybe you can comfort yourself by comforting others. And I'm like, wow, why is her advice so good? <laughs> So she's like, come and help Betty and Tabitha with me, and it'll make you feel better. And so they go and do that, and we'll talk about that later. And Kevin's still like, where's Faze? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so in back after all of that happens, we come back, and Kevin has gotten the award for, Be- like, Teacher of the Year. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl comes in, and she's like, I heard you go to, go to Weatherby's office. Were you fired on account of your cruising ways? I'm like... <laughs> what? Hey, slut, did you get fired? (laughs) Okay, literally, though. But also, hey, slut, Cheryl, maybe you should be fired on account of your booby shirts. Like, Like, you're also a faculty member. Like, I personally think the dress codes are far too strict in Mm -hmm. high schools, but also her whole boobs are out. Yeah. You know, like, it's down to, like, almost her navel. Yeah. It's a lot. (laughs) Um, and he's like, no, I'm teacher of the year, but this was not my dream. This is not what I wanted to be doing. Um, I'm just still, like, I don't I don't have anybody I'm just cruising in the woods and I'm like whose fault is that yeah he's like he's like all woe is me and I'm like these are all issues of your own creation if we hadn't sent Kevin into the blossom cult I would think that they were trying to set up Kevin leaving this show yeah yeah like Josie yeah yeah although now Josie's on her way back um and so he's like the school is going under this town apparently doesn't even exist I wanted to be Ryan from High School Musical. And now I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, I have a plan. So at the next sermon, Cheryl explains what she learned this week about finding comfort in helping others. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, big brain, that's what she was doing with Kevin the whole yeah. time. because she, she he was, comforting was her him. Yeah, And so she quotes Isaiah. Did you look up the verse? Washington? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, it's a church thing. Like, I can't interpret this. Well, didn't she quote and it? I was like, well, I sh-. no, she just lists the verse. Oh, I thought she had said something, and then she was telling us what like, what verse it was that she said. I also thought that. I, I thought she check. was like, you know, it's like uh, when you say every shot that you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Wayne, Scott. Wayne yeah. Gretzky, Michael Scott, yeah. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Michael Jordan... Wayne Gretzky Michael Scott Kobe Bryant Yeah uh, Tiger Woods Sure Any other athletes Let me just double check Megan Rapinoe You know Yeah I'm sorry I truly thought that she just said something And then was telling us which quote she was doing It might be But I just wanted to like double check And make sure there wasn't any like Sure Double meaning Mm -hmm. Cause like I kept expecting her to like say it after She had listed the chapter and verse Mm. Okay so yeah she does say it Yeah the verse is just the thing she says right before, which is just comfort my people. Okay, yeah, sweet. Um, so Kevin comes out. He's also in red, and he's going to sing a song with Cheryl from Jesus Christ Superstar because Kevin loves a color-based cult, and so does Cheryl because she <laughs> did the same thing. It's true. <laughs> they love a theme. And she says that Kevin is the new artistic director, um, and it's also clear that Penelope did not know about this at all. I also wanted to point out how beautiful their, like, red dresses are. Yeah, like, as cringe as it is, they both look gorgeous. Yeah, I thought it was amazing how they're always, like, the same shade, and I realized that someone, they probably have someone make them all out of the same fabric. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl, like, puts her arm in front of Penelope's face and makes her go backwards, and that literally happens in High School Musical 3 with Sharpay and Ryan, and so I was like, what if the musical is High School Musical? I would love that. (sighs) I would love that too. But I I don't think Disney's gonna let it happen. Exactly. And they'd just be like stepping on the toes of High School Musical, the musical, the series. So they probably wouldn't let that happen. But I'd still love to see it happen. Um, Because it's interesting because they've sung two different songs from musicals so far. They Mm -hmm. did Hair and then they did... Jesus Christ, Christ, superstar. Maybe they'll just do Oh no, I guess you have to get the rights for every single one, right? Yeah. Cuz I was like maybe they'll just do like a medley of different like properties, but I think that would just be too expensive. I know that they've already done Heathers and it's pretty similar, but like I would love to see them do Mean Girls. And last season my guess was Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a so cool I'd guess. I also love to see them do Beetlejuice. I've been yeah. rooting for Little, Little Shop of Horrors Wars for years. Mm-hmm. I think it would be perfect. Yeah. I think so too, from what you tell me about it. I've decided yeah. that I want it to be Phantom of the Opera just because <laughs> I want to dunk on Andrew Lloyd Webber for an hour. That'd be fun. Sure. Do you want to watch them butcher <laughs> the songs from Phantom of the Opera, Yes. Yes, I do. Andrew Lloyd Webber deserves You're that. They're like, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. I want, them to, I want <laughs> them to butcher it the way they butchered Shallow. I just, and like, then Jughead can be the Phantom. And yeah. then, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> would need $40 million to wear that mask. I mean, from what I understand, he's getting bank anyway, yeah. so... I just don't know who they would have play Christine. Like, oh, who would you I, want? My thing is, like, Cheryl would cast herself as Christine in five seconds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I think the actual person who could play Christine is maybe... Tabitha would be a great Christine. That'd be Interesting. And then Betty is, uh... <laughs> La Carlotta? <laughs> no, <laughs> gender bent role. Oh my god, that would be amazing! (laughs) That way, Tabitha (gasps) is torn between Betty and Jughead. Babitha. I would love that. (laughs) So Kevin goes to talk to Fangs and Fangs is like, ooh, sorry you had to walk in on that. I wanted to be like Fangs. You tried to stop him, but he barged his way in. so Fangs is too fault. nice a guy. Yeah, he's like we were waiting until we had found like a way to tell you properly. And Kevin's or er, and Fangs is like I still want to be your friend. And Kevin's like yes, we are friends. I'm happy for them. Yeah, <laughs> I hope that this continues to be like good and. Like, just good for them. I love that at the beginning of this storyline, things was like, no, no homo. And at the end of it, he was like, okay, maybe little homo. He's like, actually, big time homo. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so As we, a treat. We go back to the song singing, um, and we see Penelope, who's just, like, drinking from the chalice in the back because she, like, is not part of this and didn't even know it was happening. Penelope drinking from a chalice. I was like, mm, how do I make this about Midnight Club? <laughs> drinking from a chalice. Penelope was the straight-up gargoyle king, and she's just, like, out here. I think (laughs) that's so funny. I feel like everyone kind of forgot Penelope was the gargoyle king. Like, it's like, also, she ran away from prison. Yeah. And she's inviting strangers into her home. She's still technically an outlaw. Yeah. Like, are we supposed to take that throwaway line that she was up for parole as she got it? Yes. I think so. I think so dumb, but yeah. Like, she participated in the break. Mm -hmm. You broke broke your... Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah! Was Uncle Frank in jail? Yeah, but he specifically got out because Mary helped him get out. Right, 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 right. Like, he went through the legal process to leave. Please forgive me for forgetting things that are recent. It's just that this show does so much that Mm -hmm. I can't keep track of any of it. The other day, our friend Alice reminded us that Kevin only has one kidney, and I forgot all about that. Yeah. At one point, Kevin was part of an organ, har- organ harvesting ring. Completely forgot that happened. Yep. I just think it's funny that, like, season one, big bad. Clifford Blossom, dead. Season two, big bad. Hal Cooper, dead Super now. dead, yeah. Like, it took until eventually the end of season dead. three, but eventually dead. The big bad of season three, Penelope slash chick, who is dead, question mark, but Penelope's hanging out. The ba- big bad of season four, the preppies, mostly dead. Dead, yeah. Or gone. Charles, in prison, prison? jelly bean off yonder right so like all of the big bads are like gone except for penelope who just hangs out and I were, think that's uh, so funny i feel like it's because she was she natville is just so watchable yeah like you can't you mm-hmm. can't not like she just eats the scenery like she's so good every time someone becomes the big bad i, I get sad because i'm like oh now you're leaving <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? um, i mean Hiram's still around yeah but he's never been like the big bad yeah for just, some reason. just a bad a bad He's um, just bad. He's just bad. So Kevin is just like fully in with the cult now. And I'm like, "Just because you told him like just because Cheryl told you to become the artistic director, doesn't mean you have to join the cult. Like you're still in Riverdale, bro. Like I don't understand how this like completely turned him. I think it'll fulfill th- his creative needs." Mm. For long enough, maybe sure. I, I, this is clearly setting up that they're going to throw a musical at the church. At the to, church, like because, for recruitment reasons. Well, because they're not students anymore, so it doesn't make sense for them to like. It has to be a community thing. Yeah, like a yeah. community theater thing. It can't be with the high school. It's got to be like sense. it's got to be like some kind of like we have to rally the town together, like kind of fundraiser, kind of yeah. crap. Are there what kind of Christmas musical could they do? Um, because that could be a thing. Do they have, what? because uh, uh, churches usually do a uh, play at christmas yeah, time yeah Nut- nutcracker nutcracker not is a ballet musical, though. yeah my only th- my main thought is like doing like scrooge but that's not a musical either yeah but most people do do that one if i'm um, gonna see scrooge i want it to be a complete shot for shot recreation of the film scrooge to start with bill murray <laughs> or nothing <laughs> The the first thing I thought was, I was like, okay, something that has Christmas in it. I was in Legally Blonde when I was uh, in college, and Christmas occurs in Legally Blonde (laughs) musical. I'm just saying, maybe do that one. Okay. I could do the entire ensemble. (laughs) I don't know if that counts, but I'm going to give it to you. I'll just say, I'm just saying the Christmas house. I feel like we're missing something super obvious, and it's very embarrassing Probably. (laughs) Let us know. I mean, like, Sound of Music is played at Christmas, but it doesn't take place at Christmas. It actually takes place mostly in the summer. Right. Yeah. That's that storyline. And thank God we talked more in that storyline than I thought we would. Yeah. Uh honestly, I have a lot less notes for the Veronica and Reggie storyline. I am counting on you to take up time there because I don't know what's going on half the time. It's pretty straightforward in terms of badness. Oh. Okay, greatness. (laughs) Great. Uh go ahead and do your summary, Benny. Okay, Ronnie and Reggie. So Ronnie decides she needs money, so she goes back to investment banking for some reason in the middle of Riverdale. She gets a bunch of leads from her old contacts, and Reggie's like, oh, bro, I am in. <laughs> Ronnie talks some really inaccurate investment advice with a potential investor, and she totally blows it. Reggie is like, let me try, I'm a good salesman, so Ronnie dares him to get one sale by the time the NYSE closes at four. Reggie appeals to the personal part of his investor and totally nails it. Ronnie reveals that her firm is called Pearls and Posh, and that sucks. They finesse a ton of investors, but they're out of names to call, so Reggie suggests stealing Hiram's investors out from under him from Sodale, and I think this is actually genius. Since Hiram isn't building Sodale and he's using the money to look for Palladium, they can totally rat Hiram out to his investors and take that money for themselves. If Reggie can pull it off, he can have 10%, which is kind of a ripoff because it's a small business. You can have any percentage you want, but whatever. Ronnie tries it on one of Hiram's investors, outbids Hiram's counteroffer, and lands the client. Reggie and Ronnie cheers to their success and then don't celebrate by hooking up. What the heck? I'm offended. Anyway, after they help Betty and stuff, they team up to nab more investors, and it turns out they're amazing at it. Yeah. 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 That's- the whole storyline is basically, like, I guess- A lot of it's a montage, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It is, but it was very enjoyable for me, because I love this kind of crap. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was watching it, and I'm like, none of this is really good investment advice, but I'm having a great time watching it. Yes, feel free to interrupt me whenever uh, when you have insights because I didn't know what was going on most of the time. Sure. So Veronica and Reggie are working at the jewelry store together and she has leads for the stock market or something like that and she needs money because of Chad, which was explained at the end of Pincushion Man. Where did Chad even go? I assume he's still in New York. Sure. Also trying to get money. You don't need to be on Wall Street, apparently, to do this. And so they're going to start calling people... Who are investing in ipos okay so an what ipo is an IPO? <laughs> ipo is basically it's an offer so it's a company that's going to go public and they need people to buy up their ipo in order to basically fund going public so it's like remember when cricket started hauling in money by forcing me to pay to use my own cricket yeah that was so that they could milk their customers of money to entice investors by saying, oh, look what we can do to our customers. Look how much money we can get from them. If you invest with us and inflate our share price, when we open, we'll be a very valuable stock. And of course, that didn't work and it backfired. And so we don't use Cricket anymore. But that's kind of the whole point. So basically what Reggie and Ronnie are selling is really, really dicey, because if a lot of people don't buy in or don't buy those IPOs and they don't open to big numbers, no one's making their money back. So what I'm learning is IPOs are concepts. Yeah, it's sort of like, hey, if this opens big time, you're gonna make a lot of money. What does it stand okay. for? Investment. I look I party pop, offer. Pop opportunity. I opportunity. Literally Googled this yesterday. Okay. Yes. Initial public offering. Okay. So what I'm getting from this is that, like, when these people invested in SoDale, it's because Sodale was gonna pop off. But what is pearls and posh like what is this business that they're making pearls and posh is a brokerage so they're the middleman uh-huh the the middleman used to be sort of the most important person in an investment relationship because they were the ones who had the contacts at wall street they were the ones who like knew everything and had their ears to the ground we personally as a generation have no need for brokers anymore because our brokers tend to be apps So, like, an app like Robinhood, remember they got in all that trouble a couple months ago for not allowing anyone to buy GameStop shares anymore because they were hemorrhaging money? That's sort of the equivalent of a broker. So, what Pearls and Posh is, is sort of like a boutique broker. So, they, like, take your money and then put it into stocks to make you money. Yes. And then take some off of the top. Yes. As... To make their own money. Yes. Okay. So basically they're cur- they're curating for you. They're yeah. giving you the stock advice. I've never personally believed in brokers because I've always been my own broker. Um, I do all my own research. I choose what I invest in and that's done very well for me. But... I mean, I guess this would work for people who don't have that kind of time. I just, I don't see how this is going to be successful long term. Yeah, my main question about it is how, if they're taking other people's money and putting it places, how are they making money? Because they seem to think that they are making big, mad bank. And so I'm like, how much are they taking off the top here? Well, Reggie says he's getting 10%. Yeah, but how but how much is Veronica paying herself? I don't know. I would say maybe be, maybe 20. Like, our friend Dave pointed out that, like, 10% is paltry because they're a small business. They can take any percentage that they want. Mm. So only paying yourself 10% is actually, like, ridiculous. Mm. But I, I don't think these writers know what any of this means. Are they taking off the, like, are they taking the percentage of the stuff that the people are giving them or the, the percentage that they're getting back? I think it's the percentage of what they're getting back. But the, well, then that's going to take you time to figure I out think, that too. I think because what you have to remember about Wall Street money is it's all theoretical. Like, do I have to remember that? Yes, because this is really important <laughs> for this plotline. Is that none okay. of this money is real once it goes in? Like, once it's transferred from the client to the broker and the broker put buys the shares, that money is then up in the air. Uh-huh. That money can either then become zero or become a million. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to fluctuate depending on the market, which is why Ronnie was right when she said you have to understand politics in order to play the market. Gotcha. But, mm, Sure. All, all I can, It's Riverdale! It's Riverdale. I don't think these writers know anything about these things. <laughs> okay. And I don't know why they're buying IPOs instead of existing stocks. Yeah. Like, somebody watched Wolf of Wall Street and said, I know how to write a Riverdale storyline about this. Yeah, sure. that's probably yeah. what happened. So, also, I wanted to point out we just got like a lot of random names in this storyline. They just like picked out random names and said we're just gonna say all these. <laughs> <They sure laughs> did. Like, do any of these mean anything? I don't think so. Bobby Stone. So, they Bobby to the point Stone. Where most people are just saying no. Um, Veronica said that she used to have twenty people working under her, but now it's just her. And so Reggie's like, "Well, I can be someone who's under you." Mm. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. You should. And then they're not doing it. Like, what? You so, know what? You know what? Though that's good. They didn't do an impulse hookup, so it could be a slow burn. They're like, we already did it. It's on again. It's off again. It's been seven years. (laughs) Like, this is so much more interesting than Veronica and Archie. Like, Um, it just is. Yes, exactly. They have more chemistry. They have more in common. they like... These are fun storylines. They like have... They like doing things together. Archie and Veronica don't like doing things together. They have nothing in common there was also so many good like uh, fan video opportunities in this one too. Mm-hmm. Like they really had like those eyes going um, in this storyline. Like, oh yeah, thank you. Point, at one point, Reggie's like, "I'm a family man. You're a family man. Let me let me put you on with the queen of the show." Or I whatever. was like, "Yeah, the man." Miss- like, are you? The way they finesse boomers is so. Good. It was yeah. so good. Like it, like that's the kind of like old timey manipulation that only works on boomers, mm-hmm. and they did it beautifully. Yeah. So Reggie says that he wants to help because he knows how to close a sale. And she's like, okay, if you can get a client in two hours, then you're in. And so there's like two minutes to go and Reggie like, gets the client. Wahoo. So one of them's named Bobby Stone. Which I thought was Roger Stone, which I was going to say was very funny, but apparently not. So she's just like watching him work, which is romance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's like a natural salesman. It's called Pearls and Posh, like we said. Uh, Oh, my next one is explain to me how they make money here. But Brittany has already done that. It's true. (laughs) Now, (laughs) it's entirely possible I got things wrong. So someone correct me if I did. Yeah. Because I haven't done this for many years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then we get a montage of them getting clients. And yeah, Brittany, you were saying, she says, I want your business, but I don't need your business. Now, if this was me, I'd be like... Damn. I'd be like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Well, I I would rather give it to a small business that needs my money then. You know, like if it was me. But, <laughs> but it, it, that would work on boomers. Yeah. yeah. I cannot imagine her being like, I don't need your money. And it like immediately works. And they're just like, okay, I'll give you my money then. You know, like I'm just like, at least think on it. Damn. If someone said, I want your money, but I don't need your money. I'd be like, okay, then I'm going to keep it because I need my money. Yeah, I need my money. <laughs> so they're like, oh no, we've tapped out all our leads. How do we get more? And Reggie's like how much am I getting? And she's like, 5%, which apparently is the industry standard. And if he gets more clients, then can I have 15? And she's like, no, but you can have 10. And he's like, okay. So what we should do is we should take him from Sodale, because Sodale is not happening. So we just go in and steal Hiram's people. I'm going to be honest, this is genius. Mm -hmm. Because all he's doing is using their money instead of for Sodale, he's using it for his palladium Mm -hmm. Mm thing. And he's thinking, I'm just going to find a million palladiums.
1: Yes, and, then that, I will,
0: and then I will be able to pay them back. That's a unit of measurement. A million palladiums. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, well, aren't people asking questions? And he was like, yes, all the time. But they're not getting any answers. So they call the people and they steal them. And I wanted to point out that there's like this, there's Pops garbage all over the place. And there's Pops garbage in Archie's house. And there's Pops garbage. And it's like the exact same Pops garbage I wanted to out. Oh of. my god. It's like a, uh, they have it's one a bag time. and a cup and a crinkled up, like, burger wrapper and it's everywhere it like it honestly looks like they put it in the back of one of Reggie's scenes and then they just moved it slightly to put it in, in uh Veronica's scene and I thought it was funny that it's like some of their only prop and their set deck is some pops garbage they're like all right and so Mr. Chris Berry is on the phone with Veronica and she oh and he decides that he's going to call Hiram about this and Hiram's like oh hey Chris how's Cindy and he's like shut up you're scamming me I mean I love that and so then there's <laughs> this zoom in on Hiram, and I'm like, incredible, but I'm, I'm incredible. My my favorite one since that one random zoom in in the quiz show episode on Brett. I forgot about that. I live for that one. Truly comedic work. Hiram says that he will give thirty percent returns in on three years. What does that mean? They make thirty five percent more. I this part I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm just, like, confused. I Like, I understand the percentages, but I'm, like, confused about the years. I'm not sure if they make 35% of their initial investment or they make their initial investment back and then 35% on top. I'm not sure. Right. That sounds right, I feel like. And Chris, Mr. Barry, says Ms. Posh. Ms. Posh. Hiram knows who that is because he knows his daughter. But I think it's funny that she's going by Posh and her thing is called Pearls and Posh. Does that make Reggie the Pearl? Why is she going by (laughs) Posh? I'm like... Is this like? Do you have a, a like? You're going and doing a secret like you have a different like a different not personality but like a different persona that you're going by for this like? Because Reggie and Reggie said that his name was Reginald at one point, so he's all he's go he's using Reginald, I guess. Yeah, which I'm like sh- which would makes work sense. with boomers? Yeah. Do you guys remember in The Great Escape in season three when Ver- Veronica and Reggie showed up to the like? boxing ring that Archie was going to be at and Reggie was pretending to be her boyfriend. Let's bring those characters back because she was playing Monica Posh at the time. Oh, yeah. I liked that. And so Veronica says that he'll get an ROI of 35% at three and also a glamour J egg for closing. Where is she getting all these glamour J eggs from? I know, exactly. Because I remember when you did the research about glamour J eggs and you're like, there's like four. (laughs) Well, like if she's got- if if Hermione got one frequently for her birthday or something from Hiram, she's just using her mom's Faberge eggs. So she doesn't need them anymore. What I well, that could be true, but like Faberge eggs are so rare. My head okay. canon about this okay. is that Faberge eggs are real. Uh huh. Okay. In in canon. In canon, Faberge eggs are real, and okay. there are they are very 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 rare. Okay. Glamourge eggs are also real, and they are like fabrications of. Fabergé eggs. And they're, like, still expensive? And they're still expensive, but they're actively manufactured. Fine. You know yeah, what I mean? I'll allow that. Like, you buy that at Spiffanies. For Oh, <laughs> for sure. But it's not, like, an... an priceless antique, like a Fabergé egg is. Fair enough. That's my headcanon about Glamourgé eggs. Thank you. I love that we have to create that because these writers just <laughs> yeah. don't think these things through. So Hiram's like, listen, I'll give you an offer. It's an FOH, a Friends of Hiram offer. <laughs> you know what else, <laughs> what else FOH stands for? Uh, in the theater industry, it means front of house. <laughs> On the internet it means f- out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. Really? No, I've seen it, but I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, F O H means uh, front of house. Oh. All right, is it? Does it mean anything in the stock world? Mm. Let look. No, it means friends of Hiram Sam. It means <laughs> my bad. Here. Mr. Barry's like, sorry, Hiram. Bye. Uh, give me my all my money back, or I'm suing you. And hangs up on him. I mean, that's funny. And Hiram is so mad that he throws his phone across the. And it's not even just like his cell phone; it's straight up a giant phone, like a. <laughs> it's like a legit phone and so uh veronica and reggie have champagne together and they're like we're gonna go and help betty and tabitha uh tonight and then we'll just keep doing this excuse me they are so good together i love that everyone was like okay we have to take a break from our storylines in order to go help betty though yeah exactly and they have to say it textually yeah yeah i love this because they're just like uh did you know that we have chemistry here it is there it is and so oh yeah i have a question okay the set that they're in, is this the new Five Seasons uh, renovated apartment or is this some kind of her jewelry store? What she, are say, she lives at the Pembroke. She doesn't live at the Oh, five not seasons. Five Seasons. Wherever she is. Is this the Pembroke? I believe this is still the jewelry store. They're just hanging out in the jewelry yeah. store. It just seems like a huge store. I think it is. <laughs> Again, I have to wonder how good investment advice can be from a bitch who opened a jewelry store. In the middle of a desolate town. Yeah. <laughs> so, later, they're back on the phone, and Reggie's saying on the phone that we're both family men with wife and kids where? I love that they're both like fully putting on these personas. Yeah. Like I think it's so funny that they're like, oh, hi, I'm here to straight up lie to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't Google me though. Let me pass it on to Veronica and she's talking about how it's about legacy. It's about taking care of yourself for the rest of your so life. It's about true. taking care of the rest of your family for the rest of your life. Um, and then it works. And now they're like actively working together and it's working and she gets it done and they just look so happy and there's that moment where he like points to her and like, mm-hmm. I'm like this is romance. This yeah, it's working. We need to, we, we can make a full Fan video just with footage from this episode. Like it's the true. The joy is infectious. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's the that's the Veronica and uh, Reggie storyline. Uh, so before we move on, we're gonna talk about Patreon real quick. Okay. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators, uh, if we're one of your favorite creators. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados, and you can get some really cool stuff if you join our Patreon. It is a monthly donation. If you do $1 or more, you get early access to all of our podcasts. Um, This one comes out one day in advance, and all the other ones come out a whole week in advance. Uh, $2 gets you to our Discord server, where we have been doing um, live watching, uh, and we go in there and post about what we would post on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, basically. Um, it's fun, though, because yeah. we all get to talk to each other. I love it. <laughs> $5 gets you 10% off at choppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany um, sell our wares. $10 gets you access to our Patreon-only podcast, which is called Okay, Love You, Hi! Um, and if you join, you also get the backlog of all of the other episodes that we're doing, and one of the episodes that we're doing soon is the Aficionado's Origin story, and how we how this started, and how it became what it is today. you, you. Including Sam and Brittany's love story. <laughs> so, you better join for that. <laughs> if you can't help us out on Patreon, check out choppylux.com. Um, that's somewhere you can get something really cool and support us. If you can't do either of those things, recommend us to a friend. Um, We really appreciate that. Uh, Get the word out there. Even if the friend is you, if this is the only one that you listen to, check out some of our other ones. We would really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So next we are going to talk about the Archie storyline. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Archibald! I did the summary for this one. Yay! Archie has dreams of his time in the army with Jackson. He wakes with a start because there's a commotion downstairs. He goes down to find that Jackson is fully immersed in a PTSD nightmare. He attacks Archie, but Uncle Frank stops him before he can do any more damage. The next morning, as they eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Archie (laughs) and Frank talk about Eric's nightmares. Archie has some too, but he says it's been a while since he had one, and uh, that's a lie. Uh, Archie tells Frank about the rehabilitation place that Eric was supposed to be let into, but it's taking too long. Archie starts calling the place more regularly to get Eric in. Uncle Frank brings home a dog from the shelter, and Jackson immediately gets really attached to him. Archie tells us that Vegas died in the time jump. Oh. What the heck? Archie also tells Frank about a dog that they had in the army named Bingo, but he died while they were in battle, and they couldn't do anything. The dog attacks Eric at some point, and Frank reveals that the dog was part of Riverdale's dog fighting ring. Archie is pissed. He gathers up Eric and Fangs to go and save the dogs, but Archie also wants to attack the guy who's running it. And so <laughs> they do honestly good for him. And Archie goes maybe a little too far, to be honest. Later, Frank talks to Eric about Bingo, but Eric reveals that Bingo wasn't a dog, he was a person. Uncle Frank sets up an adoption drive at the El Royale for people to come and rescue the dogs that they saved. They heavily parallel these dogs to Archie and Eric, and it's actually wonderful. (laughs) They decide to name the dog Bingo. Archie has another nightmare and wakes to a phone call from the rehabilitation place. Archie was calling for Eric, but as he's talking, he has a vision of a bloody, dirty soldier. Bingo. Archie admits- his name i I'm sorry- (laughs) Archie admits on the phone that he also needs help. So not really a joking matter, Brittany. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's not really a joking matter. So uh, in his first nightmare, he has three, which I love. Riverdale's like, we understand the power of threes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're in the trenches. Eric loses his leg and needs Archie to tell him it's still there, but he like fully sees it somewhere else. Yeah. So then he wakes up. There's a commotion. He goes downstairs and Eric fully has his gun. God's um, terrible like why do they still yeah. have guns well I think that like didn't if I remember correctly which it's okay if you don't because it's been literal months um but like when he was like man screw that Hiram guy he like went to like get a gun so that he could like do that's stuff right yeah so like that's where he got that but like bro not great to like have it and almost shoot like imagine yeah imagine if he did and then he woke up and he was like I killed both Archie and Uncle Frank so, exactly like, then what you know um, so he almost shoots Archie, but then Frank stops him. And Archie and Frank talk the next morning about his chronic nightmares. And he's like, "Yeah, but it's like it's never been this bad. This is like clearly has been the worst one." This is an extraordinary circumstance. And they're actively eating cinnamon toast crunch. So there's another one there. They said, "Hey, c- we could coin. give it, we could give it a, a funny little snappy Riverdale name, but they paid for it, so what we're do you think not it could be? cinnamon cinnamon toast." Crackle. Munch. Snap. Crackle. We just did the Pop. same thing at yeah. the same time. What? Munch? Yeah. Cinnamon yeah. crust Munch. I like Munch. Cinnamon, 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 cinnamon bread munch, Munch. Cinnamon Bread Munch? Yep. Ew. <laughs> bread Munch. French. Try and tell me that Riverdale wouldn't do something gross like that. Bread Munch. French Toast Munch. French oh, it toast probably would be munch. French toast. Something bread munch bread munch it makes me want to pass away. It's a, <laughs> it's a special version. It's where they don't toast any of it, so you just get raw dough. Gross. Go to jail, Brittany. <laughs> So Archie says, yes, that he has had nightmares, but not in a while, which is a straight up lie. And so uncle Frank is like, listen, I've known people where this has happened to. And Archie's talking about how like he was supposed to go to like that place or whatever, but they're not really answering. And so Frank says, he's going to look into something else. So in the next scene, Archie and Eric have like gone to that place or gone to like some sort of place like it. And they waited six hours to see someone just for them to tell them that they need to have filled out different forms. And I'm like, maybe that should have been communicated better. It reminds me of um when Americans Talk about the DMV mm. <laughs> <laughs> Like I've never experienced Anything like the DMV because like Anytime I've been at like a AAA or a BCA It's actually like pretty fast Yeah <laughs> a little bit. And Eric says this happens every time he tries to go there. He's never he just never has the right forms done. Isn't this true to life that like veterans have a really hard time getting support mm-hmm. yes. after they come home? Yes, they sure. absolutely do. And I love the scene where Archie's just on the phone talking to the people and he's like leaving a voicemail like mm-hmm. hi I've called multiple times. I'm calling Can on you behalf of my help friend us. Please help us. I, like, I just felt like that was like so realistic to like the adult experience mm-hmm. as well. Just being like, I'm trying to be an adult and doing something mature, but you're not helping me, and so I don't know what to do. So Frank, turns out, got them a rescue dog, and he says, meet our new roommate. And I'm like, is anybody Is anybody here wondering where Jughead is? <gasps> like, does anybody here care about your other roommate that was supposed to oh be here? Oh my god, yeah. Like, isn't Jughead, Jughead like went to New York, just all of his stuff is at Archie's house. I'm telling you, they're phasing Cole out of this show. Right. And the like, next episode be completely about him, though? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the trailer, I was like, is this just about Jughead? Like, it's going to be, but I feel like his story is, like, coming to an end or something. That or Cole wanted less episodes. Honestly, like, maybe last season, especially because it was very Jughead-centric, I was like, I could never see this show without Jughead. Um, but, like, having lost him for, like, a few episodes, I'm like... Whatever, it could go on. Sure. I guess. You like, know? I like... I like the spooky aspect of his storyline, but then they kind of just went in a different direction. I'm like, what happened to the aliens? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. What happened to the what aliens? What happened to all the Mothman, dude? I'm like, are we going to bring this back? I hope so. And so Uncle Frank is saying that lots of veterans adopt pets um, and that he was found near a dumpster. And Eric says, what happened to his ears? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, is that something that happens with dogfighting where they do something yes. specific to their ears, yeah, they clip and so was, their ears? So it was meant to be foreshadowing. Yeah. A lot of like people will be like, oh, it's for their health. No, you're not supposed to clip tails or ears. It's not for their health. It's for their aesthetics. It has nothing to do with the breed. But yeah, basically what they do is they slice their ears sideways. Mm-hmm. So that's why Doberman ears always look like that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. it, it, that's artificial not real i was wondering um or or like maybe it just got like he just got injured in the dog fighting ring but either way i think, I think they clipped him to make or yeah. to make him look more ferocious mm-hmm. and so they talk about vegas he says that vegas went to chicago with mary um when he left but he passed away while he was overseas and that's definitely realistic because it's been Over seven years, but I'm still mad about it. Yeah, I don't like it. Dogs are immortal. It's been seven years, but also no time has passed. That's the thing is that they're saying that like our our teens have aged, right? Because they're saying they're in their twenties now, uh, but the adults don't seem to have aged until their mid fifties. You know, Um, and so I think it's funny that they're like, yeah, but the dog also aged. I'm like, well, did did he have to? Well, because seven years have passed. Since 2021, but it's also still 2021. Uh-huh. No, I know, but like, why so are you- So like, should be immortal in this case. That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah, for sure. And Archie says that Vegas was his best friend. <laughs> so Jughead stands in the doorway crying about how <laughs> Archie's not his best friend, apparently. <laughs> well, they haven't spoken in seven years, right? No, that's what I'm saying, but like, he's like, he was my best friend, like, back when I was hanging out with, with, with Vegas. When, when I wasn't when I was, When war. I was also friends with Jughead, you know? <laughs> I mean, Vegas is a better friend than Jughead, I'm gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it. So, Archie's calling for a doctor referral for Eric, and like I said, he's struggling to get into contact with someone, he's leaving a voicemail, and I was filled with such, like, love in this scene for, like, this small detail in which, like, he could have just been doing this in, like, an empty downstairs and stuff, Mm -hmm. but Eric is sitting right there. He's sitting right there playing with the dog, he knows about this, he can hear Archie saying these things, and he just, he just sits there and pets the dog. I just love that he just lets him do that for him. Yeah. Like... It's, like, it's, it's an act of, it's an act of service, you know, mm-hmm. and he could, like, start manly posturing and being like, I can call the doctor myself, but he doesn't, you know? Yeah. I just loved that. I loved that detail mm-hmm. of him, like, just sitting there and hearing Archie be like, hi, I'm calling for a doctor referral for my friend. Archie's yeah. the mom friend. I love that. And so they also have a pop bag and garbage on the table. Um... <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that it isn't dirtier here with all of these men living here. Um, I expected there to be like more garbage. It's because it's men. television. It's because it's oh. television. What? What? <laughs> but also, that's a good point. Wait, wait, they're military men, so they're oh, trained to keep their space clean. All three of them are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they walk to the garage where Jughead's living and they're like, oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> what happened here, you, oh, you absolute slob? You know Jughead lives like a pig. Yeah. We saw it. They confirmed last week. Yeah. Or the week before, but yeah. Yeah. So Archie tells Frank about Bingo, who was a dog that they loved when they were, like, overseas. Then the next scene is that he's having another nightmare where he's, like, staunching Eric's wounds, and he and Eric are hearing Bingo crying and barking, and Archie wants to go after him, but Eric won't let him because he'll for sure die if he goes out there, and Archie's, like, sure that he could just make it back because he'll be fast. And I noticed something about Archie, not just this episode, but it is super clear this episode that Archie, when he gets really passionate about something, he gets reckless. Yeah, super super reckless. And you know that's definitely Betty this episode as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that like they get so caught, caught up, up in like in stuff that that they, they just, lose like, track of yeah. like what's good for themselves mm-hmm. and what's they they lose track of their like personal code. Archie would have died if he had done that, but also. <laughs> Betty's dumb decisions this episode too she definitely could have died this episode mm-hmm. as well Betty should have died like six different times this yeah. episode. <laughs> can you imagine like the guy takes Betty back and <laughs> and she's just like Polly it's so, hey, how'd you get here oh, hey. well I made m- mistakes mm-hmm. so Eric by just like talking to him and grabbing him saves Archie's life and also his own life because he's like the only one there so if Archie had gone then no one could have like Carried him back to where he needed to be and he would have just died there. How will he return from what looks like World War II? Right. (laughs) And so then he gets woken up by Eric because the dog is missing, but it turns out that he's just hiding in the closet because he's scared. Because his life is scary. He needed some alone time. He's in a new place, he doesn't know what's going on. And everything and everything is always so scary for him. He like knows that it's that that one time of the month that he was supposed to go and fight. Oh, so uh, in the next scene, Archie gets back from a walk and Eric was also walking the dog, but the dog got like in an altercation with a bigger dog. And so then Eric tried to stop that fight and then got bit by his own dog. Mm-hmm. And so Archie's like, okay, well then we have to get rid of the dog then. If that's not the solution. You adopt a dog, you got to work with it. Definitely. But I also love that Archie's just like, um, he hurt my boyfriend. <laughs> that dog is out of here. Yeah. I'm also like, Archie, no, we do not, do not give up on the dog. please. No. Um, because no one no one's giving up. you're not giving up on Jackson. The dog is Jackson. That's the heavy parallel that we're doing. Just oh, for so sure you know. like <laughs> So Frank reveals that the dog was taken from a dog fighting ring, which was started a few years ago by it was basically all of these dogs were collected from people who moved away from Riverdale who had just left their dogs behind when they moved. I would be horrified. Not only would I ever. No, no, not only would I never leave my dog behind if I was moving, but also imagine coming back to Riverdale and finding out that because you left your dog behind, it was taken into a dog fighting ring, got put in such danger and then just like died. I would in, hate like, it. In like a horrifying way. I, just, I don't like, understand people who do it. I can't. And a lot like, of people do and I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, by the time this episode goes up, I will have a dog. <laughs> And I would never leave him alone because uh, I honestly don't know what... he He's still a baby. He's still learning. So we cannot leave him alone. He's little. Can we make him a little ghost costume for Halloween? Sure. Oh, yeah. He already looks like mashed potatoes. I know. We gotta get him some stuff so that when we go places, we can take him on a car ride too. Yeah, hes he has a carrier and he's got a bunch of stuff. He just need a um, seatbelt. Yeah, I mean yeah. like a puppy seatbelt. Uh-huh. Um, so Archie is obviously super pissed about this and saying in the next scene he's talking to Fangs and Fangs said that he asked around about it and yes there is a ring. The fights happen once a month and people from as far north as Montreal come down for it. And I'm like oh, Papa Poutine and Small Fry. If they were not dead, they would totally be there. So they're like it's still going to be a couple weeks until the next one, so we do have time to tell Keller about this. And Archie's like, I don't want to tell Keller, let's just go to his house, save the dogs, and punch this guy a bunch, because I want him to be actually hurt instead of just arrested. And I'm like, ooh, Yankees. Archie, it's, this doesn't really feel like yeah. such a lawful thing that you usually do. But like I I understand that it's a reaction because he's also like having so much trauma yeah. uh, brought up. And, like, I think Archie recognizes in himself after he does it that he's gone too far. So they get there to the place. Archie goes in to attack the guy who's just in his, like, little nightgown. (laughs) I think it's funny that he, like, throws him out onto the street. And this guy is just like, please. He's, like, wearing a little hat like Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) My best to Bob Cratchit. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, hey, I noticed you got a bunch of dogs. And he's like, yeah, do you want to buy one? And he's like, No! Um, he's like, we're going to have a real dog fight. And I'm like, is this a euphemism? So then Archie is like, I'm going to punch you. And he like punches him onto the ground. And he's like, I'm just going to put on these brass knuckles as well. And I'm like, sir, Archie, just use your fist. Right he's like, one time I punched ice and I broke my fist. So this time when I punch something, I'm, I'm going to break use protection. <laughs> <laughs> Um Honestly, upgrade. And honestly, I have to say, I do think that he is, he goes a little too far. Yeah, I mean he does go too far. Like yeah. Jackson and Fangs have to pull him back. And yes, this man is a terrible, terrible man. But like, God, he looks bad. Yeah. Afterwards. Um. So yeah, Eric and Fangs stop him, and he's like, "We can call Keller now, or we can call the garbage man. I don't even care." And I'm like, "Ooh, Archie says you're trash." <laughs> He's like, if you hurt another dog, I will dig your grave myself, which of course flashed me back to when Archie dug his own grave in the season two mid-season finale. Mm -hmm. So they get home and Archie goes to have a shower and Frank is like, I'm really wishing that he hadn't gone to hurt that guy. Like we should just like just save the dogs and then give them to the police. And Frank is like, hey, Eric, Archie told me about Bingo, who was that that dog. And and (laughs) Eric's like, huh? huh?" Bingo was a guy, not a dog. And... Frank tells Archie that he knows that Bingo is a guy and not a dog and Frank says that he's been there and he understands I have to say you guys I have completely changed my tune on Uncle Frank within the span of one Same. episode. Same, yeah. He's amazing. I love Uncle Frank. Looking particularly Dilfy today, Uncle Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We also noticed that he got beefed up <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. He got like beefed up on a Tuesday and I'm like, you know what? I'm allow it. Is I know it? that. I know before you watched the episode yesterday, you were like, I will not accept Alice with Uncle Frank. But now I'm like, now I'm like so I'm Alice gonna, and Uncle Frank. I actually would to see to it. Say, I was about to say that Maechin did this interview in which she said that now that she and FP are like, and I was like, I know that you're saying that FP and Alice broke up, but, but unfortunately I don't I'm not you. accepting that. I still ha- have not accepted it. No. It like just didn't feel like why it. Why didn't no. you show me that on screen? They they didn't, why didn't you tell me? I didn't so see it happen, so, so it didn't kiss happen. You goodbye, and then you didn't mention anything about FP post-time jump. Also, there were a bunch of flannels around. Excuse me for me being confused and wondering. Yeah. But she said that she Alice is potentially getting into another relationship which thank god because we need more adult relationships because they're more interesting yes and so she said that it would be with somebody that we already know mm-hmm. the options the are limited we know is the options small. are limited i'm like i can't tell if i would rather it just be someone new it's dr Curtle jr i said that on twitter <laughs> i said it's dr Curtle jr <laughs> you're an idiot Even I would be upset if it was Dr. Curdle Jr. I'd be like, please, Dr. Curdle Jr. is an an asexual entity. He is not part of this at (laughs) all. Please keep him separate. What are the actual options? Hiram... Hermione, Kyra, I guess, but they kind of seem like. I, th- I honestly thing. think that Mary is potential. Ma- yeah, yeah, Mary. Potential option Penelope. Uh, my thought Penelope. was Keller, but now and and I would have continued to say that Keller was potential until knowing that Sierra is coming back. Yeah. Um. Because if Sierra was just staying gone, I would still say that Keller is. Then I would assume option. that they like had broken up, yeah, like mm-hmm. everybody else. But unless Sierra comes back in the Pussycat episode, says. Oh yes, hello ex husband of mine, and, and then-, then Keller's an option. <laughs> sure, um, and then Uncle Frank, um, which I was not going to be into, and now I'm just like whatever. Like she like kissed would- up on Fred and Midnight Club, so I would accept his brother. I would accept Keller because they're the the two hottest parents. <gasps> what? Sorry, uh, if it's Frank, it's still Fallis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What is it called? Oh, no, it's-, it's just Frank again. Fallis. Fallis. That's sad continue with what you were saying. But no, and then I was like, I I would also accept uh, Frank. Also, since he is Fred's brother, did they grow up, like, together as well? For some reason. Like, is he his younger brother? I don't remember this super well, but in my brain, my brain says that he was, like, his older brother, and at some point they might have said something about how he, like, left for college early or that they, like, weren't very close or, like, Frank was, was he, like, Significantly older, so they didn't hang out. I don't remember, but I yeah, think I'm not sure actually. I have a hard time believing. Is Ryan Robbins that old? I don't think so. I That's my thing is that, like, I think he's younger than them. Yeah, I think also that he maybe they just like ran in different circles. I feel like they did have a conversation about this at some point. Well, all right. Well, it's I in my head, Ryan Robbins has stayed the same age that he was on Sanctuary, which was like 10 years ago. He's only so. two years younger than Manchin. See, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. He's younger than Machen, and If they tried to tell me that he's Fred's older brother, brother. they'll just I'd you. still buy it. Yeah, sure. Machen looks it's young. It's Yeah, out. that's true. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Just tell me what Machen happens. Machen could pass for two years younger than him. Yeah. And so he's like, he had, like, if you had gone back, Archie, neither of you would be here. And so the choice that you made was right. And you cannot save everyone. As much as you want to, you can't save everyone. And Archie's like, yeah, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Because everything feels bad and gross, and it's like, I'm trying to save this town, but it's like the town doesn't want to be saved, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if there's anything worth saving here. And Frank is like, I really don't want you to lose hope on this town. And so Frank makes an adoption drive at the El Royale, and... Um, there's this little corgi walking around. I'm sorry, this is unrealistic. There is no way there's a corgi here. They are way too sought after. <laughs> um, that corgi is, there's no way that a, cor- that a corgi is there. But Frank did this so that he could remind Archie that he shouldn't give up on Riverdale. And so he and Eric called around to shelters and they talked about how all of these dogs from the dog fighting ring, they're very good dogs, but they need help after what they've been through. And I'm like, catch me crying about this. <laughs> how about we call the dog, Bingo, would that be disrespectful? No, because we loved him, like we loved the man, and he would be honored that we called our dog, like we named our dog after him. Mm -hmm. Also, he had to know some dog was going to be named Bingo at some point. Yes, I have. Bingo has to be a nickname, right? Here's the thing, Sam. So, in Archie's next nightmare, it's his final nightmare, and Uh he and Eric are realizing that Bingo is dead, basically. And Archie says he calls him Private Bingo. And so I'm like, is Bingo his last name? Oh. Because but but I'm confused because then he immediately he goes, say, he says, Eric, why isn't Private Bingo answering me? So I'm mm-hmm. like, you're using Eric's first name but you're calling him Private Bingo. Like, Private, if you use if you said Private yeah. Bingo, that would be your last like, name, Like, Archie is Sergeant Andrews or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So like, I think Bingo was his last name, which is weird because Bingo isn't usually a last name, it's a nickname. Sure. So, I don't know. And at first I was like, I'm going to say last last name. I was like, we're not even going to hear anything about Bingo. But then (laughs) next episode, apparently, there are Bingo. There's Bingo content. And so then Archie gets awakened by the phone call, which for some reason comes in the middle of the night. (laughs) It looks like. And it's from, like, the hospital. They say that they have, like, a spot for Eric or they have, like, a doctor for him or something. And Archie then sees, like, a creepy ghost version, like, a vision of Bingo. And he says that he also needs help. And I am so proud of him for like understanding that and admitting that. Um, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, uh, it was really well done too that mm-hmm. Archie like came to that conclusion on his own. Mm-hmm. I have to speak with you now. Very exciting content now it is a theory from at blanket juice. <laughs> so first of all, she pointed out that there is a character in Archie comics named Bingo. And so I went and looked and this is what it says on the Wikipedia for all of the Archie comics characters. Bingo Wilkin. So in this one, Bingo's his first name. Okay. Jughead Jones's cousin, which clearly just is not true in in Riverdale canon, but it is on the comics. A rambunctious teenage boy who is as clumsy as Archie and leads his eponymous band, The Bingos. <laughs> How- Everyone be naming their na- their bands after themselves. However, unlike Archie, Bingo remains loyal to only one girl who is named Samantha. Cute. So, at Blanket Juice, um, who is on our Discord server, um, and her name is Blanche. Her name's Blanket Juice. Her name's Blanket Juice. This is the uh, incredible theory that she sent me. And if this ends up becoming true, full credit to her. She said, okay, so there's an Archie Comics character named Bingo Wilkin, who's Jughead's cousin. The first modern comic that comes to mind where he's a main character is a series called Jughead the Hunger, where he and his family are all werewolves. I didn't really think anything of the name last night until it was revealed that Archie's bingo was a person. My theory is that Archie's bingo is also a werewolf because of the story that Jackson was telling a few episodes ago about Archie feeding the dog that looked more like a wolf. Also, they made bingo. This isn't her. This is me. They made bingo a uh, a dog and then a person. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. A dog and then a person. Right. I think it would explain. This is back. This is back to her. I think it would explain the barking and howling he heard in the flashback scene. I doubt they'll actually do this, but the pieces would connect if they wanted to do it. Also, important to note that he's a little evil in this comic. Ooh. So that's interesting. Them making him a dog and then a person. Yeah. And how there is a comic in which this person is a werewolf, and they're bringing up dogs and wolves a lot. I mean, I feel like that they like canonically exist in Sabrina and Sabrina canonically exists in Riverdale exactly she said like maybe this is how we're bringing it into Sabrina because I was like bingo's ghost question mark ghosts uh Cheryl and Penelope doing that weird witch thing witches Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know so that is the Archie storyline and then we just have one storyline left which is Betty and Tabitha Babitha Babitha and I did the summary Betty and Tabitha are doing recon on the truckers, and Betty is following someone, but they're at the edge of their range for their walkie-talkies, which you have cell phones, but go off. But go off, yeah. (laughs) I know, she's, like, using an actual map. I'm just like, uh, find my friend, but okay. Yeah. Tabitha tells her to be careful. Uh, Betty corners the trucker that she's been following and propositions him. He readily agrees, and when she asks if he's got cash, she gets busted for solicitation. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm also with the FBI. And then (laughs) Glenn shows up, and he's like, hey, quitter, give me your gun, or I'll arrest you. And she's like, fine, but I hate you. The next day, Betty catches up with Tabitha, and they talk about how to adapt their plan. Tabitha thinks that they need to do something to bring the truckers to them instead of searching the highway Now that Glenn is on their back. They get the idea to pull a coyote ugly, distract the truckers with sexy bar dancing while their friends can search the trucks. It's brilliant, and this is the gay storyline. Betty and Tabitha have run their plan by fangs, and he asks... Or and ask him to loop in Tony. They explain what they want to do with the bar and how they'll use it to catch the guys who are taking the girls. Fangs is immediately down for playing Coyote Ugly. Everyone comes together at the bar and beforehand they debrief about the plan and the girls will dance, Alice is working the bar and Kevin and Reggie are going to inspect the trucks. Their goal is to do recon, get names and faces and numbers on these guys so that they can find the killer. The girls sing nothing but a good time while the boys search the truck and they find a bloodstain in one and call Alice who signals to Betty that to go outside and meet the guys. Uh, They confront the trucker, but he says it's just cow's blood and he has the paperwork to prove it. At the end of the night, Betty and Tabitha check in and they got a pretty decent list of suspects to start with. Betty heads out when a trucker shows up and asks if the wild foxes, which is what they called themselves, are performing. Betty says that he just missed the last call, uh, but to come back tomorrow. She notices blood on the handle of his truck and agrees to get in with him. She sends a text to Tabitha and tells her to track her. The guy starts talking about how fun it is to see people die. And Betty's like, neat. And then they pull over and the guy gets out and, like, gets a knife and then starts approaching Betty's door. But she sees it coming and knocks him out. She doesn't tie him up, though, when she calls (laughs) Tabitha to say she's got him. And then she turns around and he's gone. He uh, comes back around the truck with a chainsaw this time and attacks Betty again uh, in the cab of the truck. Betty manages to somehow knock him out by throwing a wrench at his head uh, just as Tabitha shows up. (laughs) Tabitha thinks that they should hand him over to the FBI. But if this guy knows about Polly, then Betty wants to get that information before they turn him in. She says that they'll stash the truck and take this guy somewhere they can interrogate him. Yeah. So, first of all, Betty's code name is Nighthawk. Um, I think it was season two. Uh, it's like 202 or something. There was an episode called Nighthawks in, mm-hmm. that was um, named after the painting. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's just mostly like she's at night and she's like searching for people like a hawk. <laughs> also, there's a diner. Oh, well, oh, right. Like in the Nighthawks painting. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And Tabitha owns a diner. Love that. Yeah. Yes, you're totally right. So, she's following her on the map. She's like, Betty, this is a bad idea. And Betty's like, mm, I'm gonna do it anyway. And I'm like, you guys are in love, right? Like, <laughs> Tabitha's, like, so worried about Betty. Which, like, of course you would be even if you were just friends. But I'm like, uh, you guys are in love, right? You're, you're in love? Yeah. So, Betty approaches the dude as he's peeing. And she's like, hey, you want a boink? Uh, and he's like, sure. And she's like, also, do you have money? And he's like, yo, I'm with the FBI. And she's like, yo, me too. <laughs> and Glenn's like, no, you aren't. You quit. Glenn. I did not think that she actually quit because I think it was in Pincushion Man or something that she was Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm going to quit. And he's like, no, you aren't. This means too much to you. And she's like, oh, yeah. You know, so I thought that she didn't. Yeah. But... She could have taken a leave of absence. Yeah, I guess, but I guess she actually did. So, okay. So she's like, what we should be doing is helping these women instead of like arresting them, but like go off, Glenn. Sure. Stop shaming sex workers. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, oh, I should have stabbed you more when I (laughs) was stabbing you. And (laughs) I'm like, well, that's, (laughs) well, that's threatening an officer. (laughs) You're going to get in more trouble. (laughs) He's like, it's illegal to impersonate an FBI officer. So you better give back all your stuff. So later, when she's with Kevin and Reggie, she has three full FBI jackets, yeah. and I'm like, "Where did you get those? Like, did you Amazon? just she made them She made them with her cricket. That's why that guy is so like dismissive. Is he's just like, uh, yeah, I can see that the, the like FBI is peeling off. <laughs> yeah, did yeah, you like, get those at Party City? You forgot to use the hot press on it. Did or, like, you get your that at X Files cosplay, <laughs> Spirit Halloween. <laughs> So Tabitha chastises Betty about going it alone, which of course is foreshadowing for later when she also doesn't listen to what Tabitha's <laughs> telling her to do. Betty not being dumb. And she's like, well, I can't be on the highway anyway because Glenn is out there. <laughs> so okay. like, okay, we should bring the truckers to us. So we're going to have a coyote ugly type bar. We're going to wire Pops and the white worm with like CCTV so that we can mm-hmm. see everything. And Tabitha says... Yes, but this is something that we're going to do together, so that Betty isn't doing dangerous stuff by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk to Fangs because he's currently running the bar because Tony is gone. She's on bed rest, mm-hmm. and at, at some point, will he take like paternity leave? Like, are both probably mm-hmm, going to go off? I think we i all just raise the baby behind the bar. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they're like, okay, here's our idea, Fangs. Um, if you can ask Tony if it's okay. And so they explain it to him, and he goes, oh, like the Tyra Banks movie? Fangs is gay. Um, Oh, for sure. Fangs is a more realistic gay than Kevin has ever been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I know that that's a big statement, but I stand by it. Kevin's a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin is a uh, glee gay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Fangs is a gay gay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, so they mentioned that all the women are going to be fully clothed, and he's like, okay, well, who are the hot ladies? And I'm like, Fangs, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> he's like, come on, who do you think? All the ladies you know are hot. <laughs> it's going to be Betty, oh. Tabitha, Cheryl, and Veronica. You like, who else? You don't know an unhot lady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're going to be called the Wild Foxes, and thanks, like, okay, I like it. So at the thing, they're like, okay. Uh, Thanks so much for coming Like this is uh, them talking about what the plan is With everybody who's there Including Kevin and Reggie and Alice and everything They're like thanks for coming So the plan is that we're going to take down people's names and license numbers A.k.a. like checking their ID Mm -hmm. We're checking their ID But we're actually stealing information off of it I'm like okay well I think that's illegal (laughs) No (laughs) I'm pretty sure it is (laughs) And they're like we're putting it down regardless of their age Google does it It's true Facebook does it Getting people's ID numbers? They collect all of your personal information, then send yeah. It I mean, to I don't people. know if they are taking—they're ta- writing down their ID numbers, they're writing down their names, and like recording their faces. I guess my my question is about like government documents. Yeah, It's, like my main thing. Is that like is definitely illegal, isn't it? No, uh, eh, whatever. Uh, everything's legal everything's broken. In jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, So they're going to do this regardless of their age. And at first I was just like, well, are you going to let minors in here? Um, So I think the thing is that they're not letting any minors in here, obviously, but like write it down everyone's info, no matter if they're like 60 or Mm -hmm. if they're like 22, they're writing down everything. Yeah. And our cameras are going to catch their faces as well. And so while we're distracting them with our boobs and our hair, <laughs> Kevin and Reggie are going to break into trucks in the back. And Alice is going to be bartending and helping um, and keeping an eye out for sketchy stuff. And she says, as usual, that's my thing. <laughs> um, and then, of course, I'm reminded of that one part one time when she was in Pops and she was like writing a thing. And then she like, looked up and the I she she was looked like, up and <gasps> like, scandal, Ooh, drama. And so Kevin is like, um, is Fangs going to be here? And they're like, no, he's helping Archie. <laughs> And Kevin's like, no, oh, um,
1: Okay.
0: So everybody let me know if anything weird is going on. And also the number one rule is don't go off with any truckers alone. And Betty says, I don't care about my own rules that I set. So they all do their performance of nothing but a good time. Honestly, a great performance. I mm-hmm. loved it. However, I think we're all on the same page that so we wish that Lily sang more in it because we think Lily is yeah. very talented. Lily's so good and they always underuse her mm. in singing stuff, but like she's one of the best of them i know that she's busy but hey what if somebody in the audience is a big fan of blondes they literally are just like look at all of the types of women up here <laughs> <laughs> i ho- can't wait to see that blonde up there and she's like i'm just giving I people have to drinks. go <laughs> i also noticed that she's in her ponytail again and i know mm-hmm. that she i know that she has been previously like lately but this is when i've noticed it the most because this yeah. really seems like the moment to have your hair down mm-hmm. you know betty never understands the wardrobe assignment right. but she's always also ready to go here yeah, yeah. she has to switch from dancer to fbi <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, yeah also yeah. she and alice are both in like accompanying shades of blue did you I know it's yeah. nice yeah. and so cheryl is up there singing the 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 lyric i spend my money on women and wine i love hearing it yep. i love to hear it thank you so much So, Kevin and Reggie are out there, they're finding like these normal trucks, but then they also find an empty one that has blood in it. So, they call Alice, Alice tells Betty with this cute little hand signal. And Betty is, like, not bartending, but, like, serving, kind of. She's, like, giving out the drinks. Then while they're performing, Cami has these, like, real big vocals. And I'm like, where was this when we were doing Shallow? Mm-hmm. Uh, Would have been nice to have heard that then. So, yeah, they have three FBI jackets, and they're talking to this guy, and they're like, hey, why is there blood in the back of your car? And he's like, uh, it's cow's blood. I did a meat order. Yeah. And they're like, do you have the paperwork for that? And he's like, yep. yeah, in my cab. I love this man. He is my new favorite random. I love him so much. I think he is so funny. He literally was like, sure. What? I genuinely think he was like, you're clearly not FBI. (laughs) (laughs) So they got the information of 57 truckers. They showed the list. I looked at it, but I don't know if there's anything interesting on there, to be honest. So this is a list of possible suspects and Tabitha calls Betty partner. And I'm like, kiss, please. Kisses. If you guys have any kissing available for you guys, that would be great. So Betty says that she's going to go home and do background checks on them. How? Can, can normal people just do background checks? No. I was like, you're not in the FBI anymore, buddy. I mean, she must have access still, I guess, to her database. I, I don't know. Honestly, like, she's I'm gonna surprised. Ask, she's going to do it on the dark web. Yeah. If she does, I'm surprised that Glenn didn't go back and was just like, hey, can we watch her, like, Brawls account Yeah. <laughs> Glenn is the FBI man in yeah. Betty's camera. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow we'll dance some more and we'll collect some more names. Um, They should do this on a, like, computer or something so they don't have to write all this down over and over. Because, like, especially if people start coming more than once, then you're just doing so much extra work. And you have to, like, look at your notes and, like, cross-reference and stuff. I'm like, just do this on the computer, please. (laughs) Um, The logistics of this... stress me out. Also, I just wanted to say, I know that we just saw men, but I know there are some female drivers who are coming to this. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I know there are some female drivers. For sure. So uh, the the creeper, the creeper of the hour drives up to Betty and is like, hey, when's the show? She's like, you missed it. So come back tomorrow. And he's like, okay, well, do you want to hang out? And Betty notices, like, some blood on the door. So she's like, yes, I do. Why, yes, I do. And she's like, okay, Cab- Tabitha, just keep some eyes on me. <laughs> if I was Tabitha, I'd be like, Betty, <laughs> we just said goodbye. I was about to go home and go to bed. Why is this happening to me? I also wanted to say that this dude honestly seems, like, too lanky to overpower all of these women. Correct. I just... Also, if- this can't be him because his truck didn't have, like, all the bones and sh- <laughs> Exactly. I wrote that down, too. I was like, where's Skulltrap?" Exactly. That, it, this isn't him. This is TBK. They must be two different characters. Brittany, that's an awesome point. Thank you. Because he has the chainsaw, and the trash bag killer is always, always... Uh, chopping people up. Chopping people mm-hmm. up.
1: I immediately I thought this was TBK.
0: Her. That's that's great, because like I was like, also, as far as we understand, because we don't think... I can't remember if we think that Polly is actually dead or not. I don't think Polly's dead. I don't but think But why is this dead. guy actually murdering people when it seems like he's, like, stealing women away rather th- than actually killing them? I think TBK is hunting Betty. I think he specifically went there for Betty. I think that it is ignorant of him, then, to think that Betty wouldn't recognize him yeah she like didn't he, though well if he recognizes her because he like obviously would then like yeah. she wouldn't be able to tell based on everything about him but like she was uh, when she was near him she had a traumatic that's true experience and he probably wasn't a truck driver also at the time so yeah. like she's looking for her guy who's kidnapping women and gets bamboozled by this guy who's, like, impersonating him to get to Betty, because he's a serial killer anyway. I cannot wait, first of all, for her to be like, hey, Glenn, I caught the trash bag killer for you, you know? Mm-hmm. But also, um, them, like, chaining him up, like we see in the in the trailer for next episode, we see him, like, all chained up and stuff, and her being like, we need to get more information on Polly, and then she gets there, and she's like, tell me where my sister is, and he's just like, huh? I don't know. All I do is murder people. I was trying to kill you, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so my next note was, is this the skull truck? What about skull truck? And then I was like, did we actually ever see skull truck on the show, or was that just promotional images? We saw it, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. And so it's we, the one that picked Polly. It's the one that was chasing Polly. Right. Oh, yes, exactly. So he's like, we'll go to a motel. And she's like, okay. And she's like, are you just passing through? And he's like, no, I'm visiting my grandma who's dying. I'm like, I wonder if that's true or not. Feels like, no. Mm hmm. But why bring it up if you want us to just say something really creepy and weird? He's like, Cause I, it, no, it's not. Like, thanks for saying sorry that my grandma's dying, but it's okay because I like watching people die. Ugh. At first when I was watching it, I was like, because I thought that it was too early for us to be wrapping the storyline up because d- it seemed to be the main mystery that that was in like all of the promo and stuff mm-hmm. before the before the season that like this was the main mystery and so I felt like there's still eight episodes left this is too early but you're totally right if this is TBK and not where Polly is that makes a lot more sense but I also was like I also don't think we're close to actually wrapping it up yeah I think exactly, it's just a yeah. big stepping stone I, I guess what glad I, that they brought it back because mm-hmm. I, I was getting bored without it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is that like I, when I was watching it, my first thought was it's too early for this to actually be him. So this must be just some guy. And I was like, who the frick says that? <laughs> who says I just like watching people die. I just like watching the life leave people's eyes. Who are you and what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, my main question would be, how many people have you watched die, bro? How many How many people? How often do you do this? And how are you not, if you're just a normal guy, which he obviously isn't, but mm-hmm. when I was watching for the first time, I was like, if you're just a normal guy, how do you not immediately get reported by every person you hang out with? Right. <laughs> how does every person not mm-hmm. send you to jail? So he's like, okay, well, can we stop for me to stretch and pee? And she's like, sure. And so he goes around, he gets a knife, but then she kicks the door open and knocks him out. Or does she? Because then she turns her back on him like an idiot. Betty, there's no way that was in your FBI training. Are you stupid? And then when she turns back around, he's gone. And then he comes back with a chainsaw? <laughs> Where did that come from? Because we sure didn't o- hear him open the back of the truck. Right. Where was that? Did just keep it on the bottom? I don't know. My next question is, and I think the answer is yes, Is this the same chainsaw we see Betty with in the trailer? Like, in the trailer for the mid-season? This has to be the same chainsaw, right? Mm -hmm. There's not just multiple chainsaws. No. No, it's gotta be that. It's the same damn thing. She's gonna use his chainsaw to torture him into telling her about Polly. Or threaten. Next episode, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she, like, hides in the truck, but then he starts coming at her from the top. And he gets up there way too fast. And I know that's movie magic, but also, that's terrifying. And he starts putting the chainsaw through the the roof of the car and i'm like first of all this is scary but also bro this is your truck though Mm hmm you've just well he wanted a sunroof yeah right (laughs) it's just like if you've done he's not actually attacking betty he's actually just just building a sunroof and he thought this this is actually the right time to do it (laughs) yeah i'm just like if you have done this to a bunch of other people and you haven't managed to like ruin your own truck what makes you be like i have to ruin my own truck you know Yeah. Like, this is just a lot of evidence. Insurance? Right. (laughs) He's like, oh my god, someone got a chainsaw! (laughs) Mm -hmm. Please believe me, Mr. Insurance. So she has to get out and run, and she ends up hitting him in the head with a wrench to knock him out, and fantastic. Great aim. And so Tabitha shows up in her gorgeous antique car, and... So they're like, okay, we'll park this truck somewhere and then we take him and we keep him uh, because I don't want to give him to Glenn right now because I need information on where Polly is and then we can give him to Glenn. But yeah, our theory is that this is actually TBK and uh, he doesn't know where Polly is. Yep. Yeah. Or they're working together. Did we ever see like a visage of TBK and that he was like- I think he was masked. I know. That's why like in my mind he's like he's as large as the Black Hood- yeah. So I'm like, why is this guy so small? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, I think he, I, I don't, I think he was just like above her in that like right Silence of the Lambs style shot. Right. So that is the episode and now we are going to go into segments. Um, so uh, my first segment is which character needs a hug the most. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to both Archie and Jackson that's a good one yeah good selection mm-hmm. uh my first segment is what is sam shipping the most and it is so obviously veggie yeah for sure yeah they, they're so good 100 yeah. percent. they have such good chemistry mm-hmm. and my segment is which milk was the most badass uh i'm gonna give it to Al- alice for that boussier yeah hell great, yeah great, great uh my other segment is uh did anyone mention fp not in the show but <laughs> apparently he sure did break alice's heart so cute Skeet owes me money. Come on, at least make it be, like, mutual and you guys, like, understanding that, like, it needs and to- And they simply can't be together mm-hmm. or whatever. Nah, screw it. My fic is officially, like, a an AU, and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that because my canon is better. It's so, it so is. My other segment is, is chick dead or what? I don't know. Um, and our friend Alice also was like, you should have a segment that's like, did anyone mention the fact that Kevin only has one kidney? No, (laughs) No I don't know. I don't know if that will uh, be an official segment or not, but no, what I am (laughs) going to do is, is maybe it can be kind of like our lost podcast where we have segments that sometimes we only mention when it actually happens. Mm -hmm. So I think that when they eventually do talk about how Kevin only has one kidney, I'll be sure to bring it up. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Betty for God, I should have stabbed you harder when I had the chance incredible maybe you should have <laughs> i really she should she really should have yeah and mine goes to hire him for Whoa, that's absurd <laughs> it's like uh just teamed up with that weird zoom the weird in. zoom thank you because he he's like leaning back in his chair and then he's like you're a scammer and he's like hey whoa whoa, 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 whoa it's whoa, cartoon what? realness yeah and mine goes to cheryl for kevin i heard you being summoned to weatherby's office were you fired on account of your cruising ways No, but Cheryl, maybe you should be fired for your outfits. (laughs) So now we're going to talk about the trailer, um, and these are some of the things that I wrote down in regards to the trailer. This is the little blurb that goes with it. Cheryl enlists the help of Archie, Kevin, Fangs, and Reggie after she learns there's palladium underneath her maple groves. First of all, you're just learning this now? We've been talking about it for episodes. (laughs) Meanwhile, Betty and Alice confront a trucker who may have been involved in Polly's disappearance. We know exactly what that is. Did not expect Alice to be there? Happy to hear it. Happy to hear it. Uh, Elsewhere, Jughead and Archie each confront events from their past. Hmm. Isn't Archie busy with the other thing? But okay. (laughs) Um, And then it also says that Tabitha is also in the I think Archie and Jughead are both confronting events from their past, not together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm also just like, Archie's in the Cheryl storyline. Oh. So is Archie doing two things? Okay. So the things that we see in the trailer, Jughead is at AA? meetings I assume he's at some sort of meetings I assume it's AA and he talks about how uh, he talks about when I left Riverdale so uh, it feels like that was like a while ago but you like just left as far as I understand he's talking to his agent and his agent says he's got a lot of talent Jughead says spoiler alert I hit rock bottom I know I was there (laughs) we've seen it At this point in the trailer, I thought this whole episode was about Jughead, because that's all we had seen for the first half of the trailer. Yeah. And then Archie says that he feels like he's being messed with. We see him in Andrew's construction with Frank, and something where he's wearing a headlamp in, like, a dark construction zone, which I assume is maybe, like, under the groves, because he's supposed to be helping Cheryl with that. And he's starting to, like, see the bingo again, and then these visions or, like, ghosts visions of bingo, I guess. Um, then we also see Betty having the dude chained up and she says, you're in Riverdale, welcome. Um, I talked a little bit about this episode and what we all like thought were potentially uh, this episode in our mid-season trailer podcast. Um, Cause in the mid-season trailer, you see like the different portraits of the characters that presumably Ch- Cheryl had, had drawn. And we thought that it could have been another episode where they have like three separate storylines like they do sometimes, but there is at least four storylines as far as I can tell. So far, so I'm not exactly sure. This episode is the second episode directed by Machin, nice. um, so that's exciting, and it's also written by the same guy who wrote Killing Mr. Honey. So um, the so the same combo, the, 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 du- the duo well. of those two um, are are coming back. So that would be great. I'm excited. I think Machin is very talented. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Um, thank you to Emily for uh, hanging out in her room while we recorded this podcast. She's an icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, You can uh, review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We'd really appreciate that. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, Robin and I are currently covering season three. We did four through seven already. Uh, Yes, it makes sense. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost we like to talk about that show too Um, we are in the back half of season three it is our longest and most big brain podcast it is spoiler free and we also have guests over there Uh, that podcast is my pride and joy if you checked it out it would mean the freaking world to me Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things we like to talk about that show too Uh, it's my favorite one to talk on Uh, it's fun and we talk about the 80s, and it's great. And we're I'm almost completely caught up. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that show, too. We have covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard, and we did a special episode on uh, season three of Discovery, so check that out. Probably have a new trailer soon, too. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. Get some more content up there. You can follow At The autos on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, all over the place, um, but mostly on Twitter. And I post gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. Um, our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash If you like what we do here, please consider donating because ugh, it is expensive what we do. There are loads of really cool perks, like I was saying earlier. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you can't help us out there, shoppelux.com. If you can't help us out either of those places, totally okay. Next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. You can follow me on Twitter at R-Britannia, which is b r i t t a and i a with an underscore at the end, and you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey, that's r o b y n e j e f f r e y, pretty much everywhere. Um, the next episode is episode five fourteen. It is called the Night Gallery. Um, Night Gallery is an American anthology television series that aired on NBC from 1970 to 1973, mm. featuring stories of horror and the macabre. Rod Serling, who had gained fame from an earlier series, The Twilight Zone, served both mm-hmm. as the on-air host of Night Gallery and as a major contributor of scripts, although he did not have the same control of content and tone as he had on The Twilight Zone. Serling viewed Night Gallery as a logical extension of The Twilight Zone, but while both series shared an interest in thought-provoking dark fantasy, more of Twilight Zone's offerings were science fiction, and Night Gallery focused on horrors of the supernatural. <laughs> cool. So that should be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm down with either I one. like yeah. those things. Okay, love you bye. Bye, love you. bye! Okay, love you. Bye!